and gentlemen, Washington, D.C. was the home of the very first episode of AEW Dynamite. And how great is it to be back in our nation's capital for the return of this man? What a program. A little while ago, hey, hey, go yourself. Get that guy out of here. Piece of shit. Well, he ain't changed much. That being said, I'm sure there are plenty of people somewhere around the world. I'm sure there are plenty of people who want to write me off. I'm sure there are plenty of people who doubt me. And you know what? It won't be the first time. It won't be the last time. But if you want to write me off now, if you want to doubt me, you go ahead and say whatever you want to say. You go ahead and think whatever you want to think. I'll tell you the same thing I would have told that black demon, that cloud hanging over me in my dream. You can take all that shit and shove it right up your ass. I don't run from demons. I just beat the shit out of them. And for everybody in this building and for everybody all around the world that's had my back, that supported me through thick and thin, thank you. And buckle up and get ready, because we're going on a ride, baby. In the year of 2022, I am going on a pilgrimage. I'm going to grab the world of professional wrestling by the balls and do whatever the hell I want, because now, more than ever, more than anybody in this business, I am truly free. I'll tell you this, I've been to hell. I wouldn't recommend it, but it is very, very liberating. There is no hell that can be put upon me in this ring that I haven't been through and worse. So if there's anybody in AEW, anybody all around the world that thinks they can put me through more hell than I've already been through, know this. I'm thirsty. You thought I was dangerous before. Shit. These days, all I drink is blood! Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name is Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flair! <laughs> <laughs> Probably looks like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. 
I just see some this me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Go! a little bit better i mean i got a little bit of the bills theme in there but such a somber sad start to this week's episode of the top of wrestling so thank you so much for joining us but you know we are a buffalo based team bills unfortunately out of the playoffs and i won't even you know talk too much about it and act like he doesn't have a say in this thing because i'm sure that he probably has the same sentiments as me, but let's see. How, how, how are you feeling today, ODM? Fight on, my men, Sir Andrew said. A little I am hurt, but not yet slain. I'll just lie down and bleed a while. Then I'll rise and fight again. Marv Levy. Excellent, excellent. Man, that made its rounds today, and I've seen it from many people and actually opened up our company meeting that way because they knew that everybody was going to be down today it was a big zoom meeting with 300 people and they're like like what do we do you know what i mean like <laughs> not everybody's in a good mood right now and yeah so it was but i i heard that quote for the first time today and i, I like it um hey man alan's not bitching about the overtime rules so i'm not gonna bitch about the overtime rules damn right i think it's fair you know but hey if a team of 11 can get the job done in 13 seconds, I keep telling my wife I could definitely do it too. <laughs> hey, here we go. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. We are here, ready to go, and unfortunately, you know, last week we said that was going to, that our new thing was going to be if they win the Super Bowl, we're going to crank the shout song every week. Oh, all right, well, that's retired. Don't sign <laughs> so. See you. All right, well, today we got a lot in store we have bring it to the table we got news we got aew results we even take a trip down memory lane as always for the first ever sold out pay-per-view oh i can't wait is our oh god yeah what a blunder that was (laughs) and we're going to be talking about the monday night wars as we continue you know 25 years later and of course we are going to hear from nightwing himself with a couple two tree Predictions of his own. And I got to say, man, rest in peace to two of my favorite legends, man. 
Louis Anderson, who we've talked about on this show because of coming to America. One day I'm going to work fries. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you forget that you texted me. Damn, did he ever make it up to fries? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That was kind of poor taste. I kind of had a Shotzi Blackheart moment there uh, because Meatloaf passed. And then the next day, she, or when it was said, she's like, huh, I just had Meatloaf last night. And then she took the tweet down and then reiterated on her tweet saying, well, you guys got to understand I was playing the song Dashboard Lights as well as uh, making meatloaf, and I found it ironic. No. All right, maybe you had meatloaf last night, fine, but I highly doubt you were also listening to the song. Now you're going overboard to show that you were a major fan. Yeah, Shit, I do apologize. That makes sense. His name was Robert Paulson. Yeah, I do. That, that's... Are you a fan of Tenacious D's Pick of Destiny? Yeah. It wasn't uh. their <laughs> best thing that they could have made, but the opening is him <laughs> as Jack Black's father, who's a... Bible banging father, and it's hysterical. It is. You disobeyed my order, son. Why are you ever born? And then Dio comes out. Oh, what a great scene! Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I will say one of the funniest things is that it took me all the way till I don't know 38 years old to really, I guess, listen to Paradise by the ba- Dashboard Lights because uh, no, it's more of do you love me? It, Let me sleep on it. Yeah. No, but tell me before we go all the way, do you love me? I told you. Let me sleep on it. <laughs> concept it's it's dude you know what it is it's it's a it's a big chick song right because that's oh it is you know what i mean it's yeah yeah you know which is why tiger's a big fan of it Ah, hey let's talk about let's talk about the fantasy for just a moment uh odm is in first place legitimately right now by 100 and more points. I'm going to stop counting. I don't know. It's definitely triple digits. I did have second place, but then, you know, okay, Tiger got his uh, is come up, but he's still 100 away from you. I've never heard someone talk so much shit for being in second place in my entire life. Yeah, I guess you got you to gotta cling to uh, what you have there. Uh, I don't know, man. It just seems by looking at his roster that... There's some fuzzy math going on. I don't know how he's getting all these points. And honestly, I don't have the fucking time to go back and, and try to check. If he wants to cheat, he I, can cheat. But See, that's how I look at it. I'm like, if you're going to go as far to cheat, because you're right, it doesn't add up. I'm like, wait, I have Hook, Dante Martin, the Usos. I have guys who are continuously on winning streaks. Wardlow, you know what I mean? I'm like, he, he's got guys I've never even heard of. I don't know. Well, well, like you said, what what's the point of doing the math? Because if you cared that much, I'd have to at least really own a promotion. Um, but, you know, things this, this Saturday could change it up. Royal Rumble on a Saturday. Thank you. Hey, you know what? I said to you I wasn't going to watch it because I was like, eh, I, I just haven't really cared too much. But it's because generally on a Sunday night, I'm kind of, my time is valuable. You know what I mean? And I want to really get into watching a pay-per-view if I'm going to watch it. Well, I'm I, Maybe we should do take two. I'm sorry. A premium live event. Uh, We're going to get into our Royal Rumble predictions a little bit later on. We'll talk about that. But first, let's talk about news. I'm so glad you put this one first because, as always, something inevitably drops right after or the day after we record an episode. There's always something. It's like, fuck, we got to wait a whole week to talk about this now. Well, this is one of them. In case you haven't seen, Vince and his never-ending plans to have everybody in his company have one name, 
decided to take somebody who actually already had one name, Walter. Fantastic. <laughs> it worked. And decides, you know what? Let's name him after a Nazi U-boat commander. And, uh, yes, yeah, so Walter is now Gunther. 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 But you have to do it with the V. I missed the I missed the Walter I know, that had Walter. So you got to go Vagunther. <laughs> I don't think it works like that, but it still sounds better than like Gunther. It, now I know that you said that you're not. You never watched uh, Friends. That's fine. But the coffee shop uh, guy owner or whatever was Gunther. Oh. And it was just a, an on running thing that he was always in love with Jennifer Aniston in it. Who is it? There's a picture of Gunther's uh central perk apron <laughs> over Walter right now. So for Gunther that way. And I am cracking up seeing that. And I was like, well, at least there's that out of it. And it's funny because at first they called him Gunther Stark. Yeah. And then they go, whoa, 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 we got to come back. Apparently, that's a little too touchy. Yeah, that's the um, Yeah. Well, what's funny is that Walter is Walter Hahn, and I guess if you do a little more digging, it, that's equally up there as well. Yeah, but here's my issue. Hurricane Helms goes, I went through a name change. I went through this. I went through that, and blah, blah, blah. Because, yeah, he came over as... Uh, Sugar Shane Helms from WCW and then came in and they made him the Hurricane. Okay, fine. You were not known. You were a lower-level bullshit talent that just happened to come over at WCW. It was kind of like, oh, wait, we're purchasing the napkins and a couple of wrestlers? Okay. (laughs) The other one that chimed in bothers me. Finn Balor. Guys, I changed my name and I was just fine. Sure. But... Your first day. When you came in, they said you are not Prince Devitt. You are Finn Balor. Okay. Took us a little bit to get past, but we were fine with it. You're right. It will take us a little bit of time. We'll probably get past it, but you've already presented him on TV this long. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's the same with Dominic Dijakovic being T-nuts. It's the stupidest thing, man. Like, why do you change names? Keith Lee was the first to respond to this thing, being like, oh, please tell me it's not so. Um, I don't know if you ended up watching Dynamite Live, but Cody threw a little jab in there about that as well with his little pipe bomb promo that he did. And we're going to call it that because he even mentioned CM Punk's pipe bomb promo in that. So we'll get to that. Uh, what else do we got in news? Well, we have other you, name changes, by if, the way. Is, <laughs> is Big E just, just big now? Just the logo. Just our logos changed, not the name. <laughs> and it'll probably keep changing, too. Uh, so if you can actually fathom this, uh, apparently, internally, WWE is disappointed with NXT 2.0 in its first four months. Uh, apparently, wow. a, yeah, a source said they thought more fans would gravitate gravitate towards the newer stars quicker than they have. Well, like, seriously, what did you expect? What did you expect? I mean, we made it really pink and stuff. <laughs> you had like one of the best promotions, you know. I, and I'm not counting them as, you know, Raw or SmackDown. To me, they were their own, you know, promotion. Uh, and then I don't know if it was an attempt to compete with AEW or they just started losing their really good talent, but it was already on a decline. And then you literally, 
literally just slap a new coat of paint on and just think that, yep, it's going to work. You basically bury anything that existed of its previous iteration, which was one of the best few years of wrestling that we got to ever witness. Yep. And <laughs> again, three, three, four weeks from now, something like that. We're going to be talking about NXT because man, just think about all the list of names and some of the ones you, that we will be like, Oh my God, that's right. He was there. Here's one. Bull Dempsey. We thought he was going to be something big, right? Yeah. yeah. And he had a great match against uh, Baron Corbin. I just recently had to go back and watch. My point is, is that there were some really great moments for, I would say, almost a good solid six years with NXT. Five to six years solid. That it was better than anything WWE was producing continuously. Now, don't get me wrong. They had good moments in WWE through those years with the Hardys coming back and... Um, the Shield reuniting, good stuff. You know what I mean? It was Drew winning the title, yes. But nothing was as better than NXT in the WWE side of things. Now, you said, were they trying to compete with AEW? I don't even know how. By completely erasing everything and going, by the way, here are all brand new names. <laughs> Forget everything you ever knew. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and Tommaso Ciampa and Pete Dunne have been making their circuits on main event. Not sure if you caught that, meaning that they may be getting the call up. Another great meme. Tommaso Ciampa is now going to be Tommy Pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put it past him. Don't put it past him. Oh, man. Um and it's funny because one of the lines there from what you're saying, you know, is it is it too much too fast? Yeah. You didn't even sprinkle in new guys. It's like you had a company and you just fired everybody and started brand new. Yeah. Legitimately. And you even went as far as saying 2.0. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? For what reason? When you had brand new people after what? The, ni- the Attitude Era, did you go Raw is now Raw 2.0? No, it was just still Raw, just new faces. I don't understand any of the logic behind any of this. But to for WWE to be disappointed in what NXT has produced in the last four months? No shit. <laughs> oh man. What else do we have? <laughs> All right. Well, the one in the wonderful world of WWE, we continue. Uh, they filed trademarks for some of the older WCW pay-per-view names. Uh, Super Brawl and Uncensored. Petty. Yeah, I Yeah, I, I don't. What care. are you going to do that is so uncensored? You yeah. just got mad that girls just had a gory fight. Which, by the way, shout out to the acclaim. Thank you for making that little part of your rap the other day. Good for you guys. Um, what are you going to do with uncensored and Super Brawl? It's like, come on, man! Like you're only doing it because of Cody and. Yep. Everything over there and all those guys. I mean, and because they also have Arn and Tully, they got Dean behind stage. They got everybody there behind stage that was old school WCW affiliates. They're just trying to take anything they can. And it's funny because they're not going to do anything with it. At the very most, it's just like they did with Halloween Havoc. They made it an NXT special. Yep. You're going to have NXT uncensored. Woo! We're going pink and blue that night. Get ready, motherfuckers. Break out your highlighters. <laughs> uh, 
Well, we're going to stay in the realm of WWE some more. Um, Why? <laughs> yeah. Mustafa Ali has uh, filed for or asked for his release. He put something out on Twitter basically saying there's things he wants to do with his career, and he can't do them while he's in WWE. Imagine that. Uh, and that he's asked for his... Yep. Yeah. And, um, yeah, not be Sub-Zero or... I don't know, man. But, uh, yeah, uh, naturally, as you would expect, uh, WWE has denied his release because, you know, why let him do what he wants to in the sake of, you know, possibly alienating some of your viewers who aren't watching the, pro- the, the show anyway. So what do you care if he goes wrestle somewhere else because those people weren't watching you to begin with? Um, so, yeah, so free, hashtag free Ali is uh, trending. Uh, I think I saw somebody in New Japan tweet at at wwe i mean actually tagged them and said you know hey i don't give a fuck you can block me if you want but uh this young man has a lot of talent needs to be able to spread his wings and uh fuck you i and i do not get the thought process behind of what what do you gain by keeping someone there who doesn't want to work for you if you know we'll put one on here it's not here i i actually don't even see it on our news Leo Rush is not going to be re-signing with AEW. Yeah, I saw that, that. one doesn't fucking shock me after the whole, uh, uh, what's her name? I want to call her Jade Cargill. Uh, oh, Swole. Swole. The whole Swole uh, incident, and he had to open his mouth on Twitter and only to realize that he was wrong. He's not re-signing. Fucking shocker. But it's, if he wanted a release, or if anybody wanted their release, Tony's going to go, yeah, if you don't want a beer, yeah, why would I have you here? You know, what, what's the point of having someone that doesn't want a beer? If you went to your company right now and said, I'm quitting, they're not going to go, no, we're going to have you sit here for the next six months and still do your shit. Right, and, and and that's the thing. He, he totally could do it because it's just his dad's money anyway, so he could just piss it away, but he wouldn't do that. It, it's, it's, it's some kind of misconception. Like, they think that, well, we can't let the competition have them. Um, Did you not learn what happened to Brody Lee? Yeah. You took some of the best years or months, we'll say. I'm not sure how long he had to stay in there. I forgot. It was probably over a year extra. You took some time away from him, and I'm not saying that it would have saved him. I'm saying, but sure. you could have gotten at least a little more Brody before he passed. Yep. Why are you, who the fuck are you to deny us of seeing people we want to see? It's just, it's all mind-boggling to me. And so now he's going to have to sit here. And you know what I think it is? Here's my theory. Brody said on Twitter, I've asked for my release. Everybody who's gone to Twitter and said, I've asked for my release, generally doesn't get it. I think it's because, well, you went in public. Now we're not giving it to you. Right. Could be. I don't know. I'm just saying that because other people have been asked to be released, and they have been as of recent. So I'm just saying maybe it wasn't in Ali's best interest to go the public route. But at that point, fuck the company. <laughs> you know, so we'll see where he ends up. He could go anywhere, man. I'd love to see him in New Japan. He, I think he'd fit in perfectly with the, the Super Juniors. That's what I was with saying, all yeah. all those guys there. Yeah. Yep. All right. So uh, we're going to take some stuff out of uh, the AEW segment and kind of just go over it here because it's bigger news. Uh, oh, we, yeah. We, we get Moxley's return. Uh, massive, massive pop, as you would expect. Um, you know, basically just cut a, a real nice promo, basically just talking about his demons without, you know, he didn't, like, come out and saying, yeah, man, I had a drinking problem, and this is what I went through. He basically just referred to his demons. Very motivational speech. He looks great. 
I mean, he looks ripped. You've seen Talked him before. Talked about being kind of blacked out, which is alluding to his demons, but didn't hit home, like you're saying. Like, he didn't say the word. Right, yes, exactly. He knew what he was saying. Uh, but but no, he looks great. But uh, as soon as he gets in there, you know, the crowd quiets down, except for one asshole. And Chen Moxley goes, get that guy the fuck out of here. <laughs> or something like that. No, 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 no. Hang on. I got, so the guy says... Get that fucking drunk piece of shit out of the ring. He did what? it when it got dead silent. Yeah. Oh, I played it back, had headphones on, blasted it in my ear. John didn't say, get him the fuck out of here. John goes, hey, go fuck yourself. Get that piece of shit out of here. And then turns and just gives a smirk. And the best person who could have sold it possible, Jim Ross. He goes, well, he's back, folks. I was like, yeah, baby, because you didn't have to go, well, sorry, folks, we, we, we apologize about that that language. You know what I mean? Because they do that shit where people often apologize for that, right? Right. It was extremely well-deserved. Good for Moxley. Your first words back on a mic. I mean, he kind of mumbled something. He goes, you know, I've been thinking. It was kind of all he said, and then that guy said something. So I won't even count those first two words. Your first real solid words were, hey, go fuck yourself. Proud of you. Good for you, man. Absolutely. Uh, but to follow along, look, man, who am I to say? You know, I kind of said, you know, like like the Ric Flair thing. I don't, I'm all right. I write certain people off. Hogan, I think you're a piece of shit. Certain people. Del Rio, I think you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Joey Janelli, you're just shit. Bad. Um, <laughs> you're just shit. Flair, you know, if you owned up, I'd be better off with you. But because you're not owning up on your things, you know? Right. Bully Ray can go fuck himself. He said John Moxley, one of the first things he should have said on the microphone was an apology to the fans for being away. Yo, him going away is his apology to be better for those fans and his family. And who the fuck are you? No one needs to apologize to anybody. If he needs to apologize, if Moxley needed to apologize to anybody other than himself Renee that's it yeah I'm sorry I've been doing all this and I gotta go away at a time where we have a baby Mm -hmm. that's it and that's real life for Bully Ray to say he should have apologized when I first read it I go wow that's bullshit Paige is the first one to respond and said this is why everybody loves Devon more. Yeah. <laughs> God, Paige. I love it. And then she said something like, that's bullshit or didn't need to be said. And then Renee Young, or Renee Moxley, or whatever, follows along with the same thing. Yep. Saying, didn't need to be said. And then Foley, Mick Foley, gets in there Sunday and says... John didn't need to apologize to anybody. Him coming out there the way he did, and he looks great. That's all needs to be done. That's all needs to be said. You don't... Like, you really mean to tell me if if I came to you, Bully, as if I'm your family member, and I go, I'm going to go away to rehab because I've been on some shit. I go away, I come back, the first thing I got to do is apologize to you? Kiss my ass. I don't want to write someone off so much, but... And I'm a big touter of Bully Ray, right? The bully part of everything, right? Now you're big fat bubba. Go fuck yourself. And you know what? Speaking of, 
So post the Bills game, I decide to turn on the GCW event. Now, I thought Moxley and Homicide was going to be the main event. Would you believe that the Briscoes Open Challenge was the main event? Really? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, no, I yeah. heard <laughs> Yeah, so I was all excited, and I was like, ooh, but... The match before is Moxley versus Homicide. Bell rings. Moxley has his shirt off. Dude, he has never looked better. He's never been a buff, strong guy, right? Right. I'm not saying he's always had a gut, but he's always had at least a little bit of love handles as a whatever, as a man who's in his at his age, right? Like all of us. Fucking the best condition I've ever seen him look in. And when he was breathing in, I was like, ooh, now he needs a cookie. Shit. Like, you could almost see ribs. You know what I mean? I'm like, he's almost too thin. But no, not really. Like, good for him, man. I And Punk said it. Goddamn proud of you. I want to hear what Punk has to say about Bully, because that's some bullshit. I, I can't mm-hmm. even believe he, said, he, believe he said that. But Hot bell takes. rings. Yep. Bell rings. The crowd in the Hammerstein ballroom starts chanting, Fuck Bully Ray. Fuck Bully Ray. I was like, ooh. Moxley no-sold it. Good. Just kept staring at Homicide and went right to right to work. It was awesome. Now let's talk about that GCW pay-per-view. This is your first time in Hammerstein. You're supposed to be making a statement. I caught three matches. Probably some of the worst shit I've seen in a long time. And Moxley was part of that. And I'm not saying that his match was bad. So the first thing I get to see was Jeff Jarrett versus Effie. If you don't know who Effie is, you should actually take a look. It, it, it Quite a character. Um, Jarrett won. And it was just horrible. It was just not a good match. Um, the match I didn't get to see, which I found was really funny, was Matt Cardona defeating Joey Janela. And Matt Cardona comes out with a shirt. A shirt that says, if Cardona wins, we riot. This is the same exact freaking room that Cena, if Cena wins, we riot against Rob Van Dam. They Mm -hmm. had a thing hanging from the rafters at the GCW event about Cardona. That's how much he's hated in GCW. If Cardona wins, we riot. Motherfucker won. (laughs) But comes out wearing a shirt that says, if Cardona wins, we riot, which is hysterical. Already pre-made. It's not like he wrote on it. <laughs> and he's wearing a red flannel. On the back, it says, fuck Mick Foley. <laughs> Holy shit. I never thought in the, my wildest dreams that Zack fucking Ryder would be a heel. One of the best ones out there, and I'm loving it. Every second of it. This is awesome. Actually, he won the Digital Media Championship, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. From Jordan Grace the other day. Um so, but besides that, so Homicide and Moxley, the match just was like, eh, just kind of ended quick. And I was like, that's it? All right. I think the pay-per-view was cut for time. And it really showed at the end of this pay-per-view because the Briscoes, they're in the ring. They're ready to go. They come out to give me my bullets back from Skinner. I'm ready, man. Here it is, baby. FTR, they got to be coming out. We've been building towards us. Any tag team, anywhere. We don't even care. 
It's funny because when I heard the promo, they go, any two wrestlers. I go, oh, shit. Now my mind is spinning. <laughs> hey, maybe it's it could be. It, my mind even went to Bray Wyatt for half a second. I was like, anybody right now. I, I'm like, who is available? Because if you're saying two people, I'll take FTR out of it. And all of a sudden, music begins, and it's separate ways from Journey. And you had to listen to, like, the... You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Here we stand, <laughs> world's up. You had to get all the way into the... Someday your love will find you. Uh, all the way to the chorus. I'm talking like a solid minute and a half. By the way, if you're running late for a pay-per-view, maybe don't use a 90-minute fucking intro. Yeah. I had to listen all the way for a guy to come out, this fat dude named Matt Tremont that I've never heard of or seen. Crowd seems okay, and they're like, it's the hardcore legend, Matt Tremont. I go, oh, my God. I don't even care whatever this is about to be. And right before he comes out, the crowd starts chanting MDK. I go, oh, there it is, because he wasn't on the card. There it is, Nick Gage. And for whom the bell tolls begins, and he comes out. Again, spending a lot of time playing with his gang, touching them all, hugging them all. The match was like six minutes, and it ended on a backbreaker. Not even bullshitting you. A pile driver threw a table door or something. It was like a, a wooden door, I mean. And then a backbreaker. And Jay gets pinned. He puts his arm up, so it kind of makes it look like it was a false bullshit finish or whatever. Mm. He starts arguing with the ref. Match, dude, I'm telling you, both Moxley's end and the the end of this match here, the the crowd was like, uh, oh, oh, okay, I, I, I guess we should clap. Oh, oh, okay, I guess that's the end of that match. Dead finishes, man, in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Ugh. Yo, ROH, TNA, everybody's put on good shows there, man. You cannot, that's, it's kind of a, it's not a church, but it's holy grounds. Sorry to go with the Bret Hart. Yeah. But Hammerstein's a pretty big place, especially for hardcore Mm -hmm. stuff. Yep. ECW. Enough said, ECW for all those years. Bully Ray, by the way, capitalized on that. He goes, love to hear that all my New York City and Hammerstein ballroom people have my name in their mouth tonight. Good to hear from all our heel fans. You dickhead. Yeah, right. Anyway, um, so your new GCW Tag Team Champions are Nick Gage and Matt Tremont. Yay. Hooray. Don't worry, worry, Nick Gage had time to get on the mic and still go, who's in my gang? I'm back. Where's my gang at? I'm like, again, where was FTR? You you guys really could have capitalized on one of the biggest moments. It would have put your company's name on the map right there. Wait, at GCW? Who are they? FTR showed up there? You know, I'm just saying it would help. I don't know when this Briscoe AEW uh, FTR thing's going to happen, man. I'm starting to have doubts now. They keep doing all these videos back and forth, but where the, unless they had to wait until they drop the GCW Tag Team titles and they show up tonight on Dynamite. I don't know. That's all I can say. Do we have any other news? <clears throat> all right. <laughs> all choked up over here. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, so w- some more Mox news. Um, you know, again, going back to Dynamite, uh, Mox uh, wins his first match. I believe that was on Rampage, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, as he's leaving, he leaves through the crowd as he does, and he's got Brian Danielson just standing there, clapping, smiling. And Moxley doesn't even like really give him much of recognition. Like he looks, he's like, 
fuck you, and just walks away. Uh, and Danielson is still grinning ear to ear, clapping. So, uh, you know, uh, you're probably going to get a lot of haters out there saying, oh, it's just a rehashed WWE feud. Yeah, but now we actually get to see what these guys can do, and it's a completely different game now. So I like it. It gives Danielson something to do. You don't have to put him in the title picture. It gives Mox something to do. I can't wait. So we haven't even seen Danielson since his loss to Paige. And the mm-hmm. first time we see him, he's applauding Moxley. That's all I needed. <laughs> I didn't even need to have a promo. Done. <laughs> That's all I needed. Good job. And people, like you're saying, like haters out there. Nah, man, I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure I just read Brian Danielson said something to the extent of, I don't want a wrestling match with him. I want all of him. I want to fight with him. And we've seen already the shit that, that Danielson can do by being here since just September. From Suzuki to the battles with Paige, Omega, you're going to get a phenomenal match between him and Moxley. This won't be Daniel Bryan versus Dean Ambrose. This is going to be Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. And I don't mean that in a quirky way. This is going to be big. I'm excited about it. Absolutely. And one more piece of Mox news. Uh, and so uh, Rollins and uh, Seth Rollins, uh, I'm sorry, Seth freaking Rollins. Oh, and, screw uh, that. I'm only <laughs> calling him Seth Rollins. He's going to just be Rollins soon anyway. Uh, is, is in a program with Roman Reigns. Uh, Rollins is still wearing those god-awful suits, and he's cutting a promo on Reigns, who's with the Usos, and says, hey, you know what? The Usos are the only reason you are where you are. They're your stepping stone, just like Mox and I were. Actually name drops Mox. There wasn't, I mean, I was listening on my phone, so I don't know, but it didn't sound like there was much of a reaction from the crowd. Um, so I don't know. Because no, in WWE, they turn down the mics. Exactly. They're like, well, hang on. When he says this, we allowed him to say it, so it seems edgy. But let's turn down all the mics on the crowd so it seems like it fell flat because Moxley is that much of a nothing. I'm just That's just my opinion on how WWE is petty. Yeah, I don't think that it was planned. I think Rollins, I think Rollins planned it. I don't think WWE knew. I think Rollins kind of did it as just as a shout-out because I think, you know, he, they're still friends. Because he... Well, and, and, and also he did just get back. He just got he back, was, yeah. So it yeah, was kind and of. It was the same exact night as Rampage, him having his first match mm-hmm, against yep. Ethan Page. Absolutely. So you know, I think that was uh, the, 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 the extent of it. Um, just a again, nod. again, going to the marks. You know, all the marks now are going to say, "See, Moxley's going to be in the Rumble. Ray ain't coming home." <laughs> oh my God. I swear to God, last week when you and I were talking, I was like, Cody's not going in there. I was, I had it in my head earlier in the day. I go, I got to use Ray ain't coming home. That's going to be the perfect time to use it. And I didn't use it. God damn it. Now you're making me think of Ray ain't co- Dean ain't coming home. Yep. <laughs> that would be the funniest thing. Cause if he did come back, they would definitely call him Dean Ambrose. Oh, of course the, they would. The, but don't forget, man. Don't forget. People are like, well, Jericho could come back. No, Jericho's not coming back. However, Let's not forget, two months after he had an amazing match and he was the first to really kick down that forbidden door by going over to New Japan and fighting Omega, a couple months later, they're like, would you like to have a couple million dollars to be in the Royal, the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia for five minutes? Yeah, yeah, sounds great. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Money talks. Sure does. Um, so 
you know, AEW, they are starting to, I guess, build towards Revolution, which is March 6th. And uh, I, I guess I'll just run down what happened here with Dynamite. We already talked about Mox's promo. Solid. It was great. All that needed to be said. The Adam Cole, Britt Baker versus Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander was actually more of an entertaining match than I gave it credit to be in advance because I hate mixed tags. Yeah. They're generally pretty dumb. But it was great when Orange went to go do his shin kicks to Britt and she just stomps on his foot. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. Um, I read a tweet that when she was trying out and working for trying to work with WWE, they told her she should finish her dental degree and just do that instead. They didn't think she would be anything. <laughs> She's the most over woman in wrestling right now. Yeah. Two years ago was Becky Lynch. I'll yep. give you in 2019 was Becky Lynch, two, three years ago. There's not a woman who is as, as talked about as her right now. No. But I'm going to give you that someone is making a, a creep up, and, a, and I'll get there in just a couple of moments. Uh, all week, Sean Spears has been touting about how he is going to show the world that he is something not to be uh, taken lightly. Well, CM Punk did the GTS and done within two <laughs> seconds and won that match. I think it was probably the shortest match in AEW history. So there's that. And then Cody comes out to a crowd, a sea of booze and, you know, normal. And during the picture-in-picture, picture, which I'm really starting to get annoyed with. I yeah. mean, it's like every match is picture-in-picture. Picture. I'm like, how about you just get rid of these bullshit interviews that you're doing, give me a full match, and stop putting things picture-in-picture. Picture. I'm really hating that. But while it's in picture-in-picture, picture, Cody pulls out a ladder. I go, oh, well, there we go. Unification title match with Sammy. And before he even announces it, he has the ladder in the ring and goes on like a five to seven minute rant before even mentioning this ladder in the ring or the fact that they need to have the two titles merged. But it's tonight. Tonight we're going to have a match between Sammy and Cody for the undisputed TNT champion. Look, man, if he was only going to be gone for a couple of weeks, why did we even need to have an interim champion to begin with? You know, I, I don't get it. It's a lazy way to get to a ladder match. Very, very, very lazy. It's almost like they were trying to recreate the Michaels Razor WrestleMania 10 thing. Well, we have the two champions. One was never dethroned. But yeah, it was like seven months worth of stuff, not two weeks. Right. But Cody went on a, a pretty decent rant talking about, you know, CM Punk first wanted to have a revolution and I made it possible. It was a pretty strong heel promo. Even mocking the Gunther thing. even He goes, even if we're going to call you Gunther McGillicuddy, which is kind of a shoot towards Curtis Axel's name because they called him Michael McGillicuddy when he's not even Curtis Axel. How about the fact that he's just fucking Joe Henning, the, the son of Kurt, uh, of Kurt Henning? Whatever. Um, Cody had a pretty decent promo. Um, I liked it, but uh, I don't know. I'm 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 starting to really become over Cody, and I, I was a fan of his, but he's really starting to annoy the shit out of me. I think just go heel. They're going over the top. Did you see the picture of uh, Brandy on Twitter? 
She's no. got like these pleather pants, tight pleather pants and high boots. And she's standing in front of a Mercedes and she's got her fancy rings on. It's basically bragging about being rich and famous or something like that. It's like, you're just a twat. Nobody cares. Did the back of her pants say, who the hell told you it was open? <laughs> <right tonight?" laughs> so the House of Black had their first tag team match against the Varsity Blondes and amazing stuff. If you have not ever watched Brody King move, the guy is fast. You know what? I will say that's one thing I like that uh, about Cody. He's saying, you know, we bring in Brody King here, and he goes, and you gotta have balls of steel to come into this company with a name with a name like Brody. Meaning, like, if you're gonna come in here, you know. But then he said, and I can't wait in another, you know, however many years for Brody Junior. Uh, Mention it, Junior again, but. Uh, House of Black, I think it's called House of Black, but the I feel like they named him something else on the announce. The uh, Justin Roberts was like the like the Kings of Black or something like that. I'm pretty sure is what they called him. Huh, interesting. Could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Um Lance Archer, I thought was going to have a squash match to show how much he should just beat the shit out of someone and be a champion, but he had a fighting match against Frankie Kazarian. One, but did you happen to see uh, Kazarian's match? Or his, I'm sorry, his elbow pre-match? No. He had a calcium buildup. He had a, it, was, it was like basically a tennis ball in his elbow that he had to have drained before that match. Jesus. That's a, that's a tough dude, man. Me, I'd have been like, I'm going to need the day off. <laughs> and a massage. <laughs> this is the woman I'm talking about. Serena Deeb is coming out and beating the piss out of women. She made sky blue tap. She beat the crap out of Sheeta. I know you don't want to have a heel go for a, a heel title, you know what I mean, or, you know, D- Britt Baker against Deep, but right now she is the absolute most credible woman in that roster next to Britt Baker right now, man. She's really making a name for herself late in her age, and I'm not saying she's old. I'm just saying... Later in life, she's had so many opportunities in other places, and now she's getting the recognition she deserves. I'm loving watching this. And the Acclaim come to the ring for their match against Sting and Darby Allen because both teams are, you know, pretty much ranked right number one and number two with each other in the tag division. But it's funny because the gun club beat up, uh, I think it was Christian, to send a message to... Jurassic Express because they're the number three and they said we'll take on anybody in the top five I'm like I hate this I'm like just get rid of the tag team championships off of Jurassic Express I don't like them being title holders it just bothers me not a fan at all and Christian sucking their dicks the whole way along it don't like it either Um, but the Acclaim make mention about that they're in the same arena that where Sting flopped at Starcade 97 and I was like oh I didn't realize that they were there that night, but also the fact that, you know, that that they were going to even make mention to it. But they also, again, make mention to something. They said something about being gory in, uh, you know, making mention to Vince's little wording about the fact that he thinks that AEW's being too gory with their stuff. But like you mentioned last week, you could let Brock Lesnar bust open Randy Orton and Roman Reigns, and that's not gory. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was fucking just terrible. Um, but Sting and Darby get the win. Sting does another awesome dive, like off the top of the ramp and onto 
Uh, I think it was Bowens on a table. Awesome moment. But as they went off the air, he was given the mic, and he said it was completely unplanned. Uh, Tony came out, and they let him have a speech, and he said, you know, he goes, to my own personal reasons, you know, this year, I'm glad I got my redemption tonight. And I think that's kind of cool because he knows. You know, the more you think about it, he was not just out of shape. They they were said that he, that he was possibly on something that night. You, you've heard the interviews from Eric Bischoff and everything like that about that night at Starcade, And, you know, Sting was not not only in the best shape of his, uh, of his career, but also mind-wise, he just wasn't there. So... For anybody who could have been the most forgiving to Jeff Hardy in that whole situation at uh, Victory Road years ago, I'm like, well, it kind of, you know, I don't know, kind of, which, which is weird because you in a weird way, but yeah, you don't hear that a lot about Sting. I mean, there's he was always pretty squeaky clean and and you know God fearing, so I don't, you know, that's that's very weird to. Uh, but he eat. he did have some uh, his own personal demons. He was fighting. Sure. At Starcade '97, he wasn't ready, and that's why they had that real wonky finish. Yeah, that's why it was weird. You know, yeah, it was. T- and Brett comes out all of a sudden to be the ref. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I, <laughs> I'm like, you won the title, but it still made no no sense. It was, <laughs> it was very odd. And we're gonna get there at the end of this year, which is we fun. are indeed. And uh, some quick results also. Uh, Moxley his first ma- match back had a great match against Ethan Page. I wish this one was the main event, but. I accept that they're trying to make titles credible uh, because Jay Cargill in a main event retained over Anna Jay. It's that bitch show or whatever it is. That bitch show or something like that, yeah. I hate it. What was hilarious... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say what was hilarious was John Silver flexing against... doing a flex-off against Jade Cargill. It was so great. And he goes, Anna Hungy. I love that. (laughs) Johnny Hungy. (laughs) I... Trent Beretta was supposed to be teaming with Rocky Romero, and they were going to reignite the feud against the Young Bucks, but due to COVID, it ended up being Trent versus Nick Jackson. Trent gets the win. I still think we're going to get a turn at some point. I think we're slowly going to get a heel turn from Trent. It's it's going to happen. I, I could see him joining the Elite. The Elite. <laughs> you know what I think would be great? If the Bucks get pissed off enough mm-hmm. with Cole and Fish and O'Reilly, uh-huh. and that would be a great way that, that Trent works with Bucks because they're all you know they're all friends. I would, that would be a great turn. But Hook continues his undefeated streak, beating Serpentico or <laughs> Serpentico or Serpico. All right, man, I see that neither of us have added any more signs for the show, but I did take off some bad signs, you know, the ones that we felt like, you know, MJF with the Shiwi. That's out. So (laughs) so got some signs on the way for uh, that show for March 6th at Revolution. We're getting ready for it. But this week, I am ready to bring something to the table. Just bring it, bitch! You've heard the the terminology. That man could have a, a great wrestling match. It's either with a, a mop stick or a broomstick or something like that, right? You've yeah, that, yeah, something that like that. Quote, yeah. Something yeah. like that. What about a blow-up doll? <laughs> Only if you're Kenny Omega. I think that's possible. Only if you're Kenny Omega. Or Kota Ibushi. Ah, Kenny, 
Kota Ibushi. Kenny Omega is the one that fought uh, like a nine-year-old girl. Oh, no, he, he fought a blow-up doll, too. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, well, I watched a 30-minute banger of a match this past weekend, Kota Ibushi against Killer Doll. This was an Dude. old match, right? This this didn't happen recently. Yeah, no, this isn't. Yeah, it wasn't the okay. last. It wasn't last okay. weekend. No, it's an older one, and I remember watching it a long time ago, but more kind of like maybe half paying attention to it. Dude, the psychology of the match—it's funny in in its long term, but Ibushi does moves that make it look like he's getting power bombed or he's getting a Canadian destroyer and things. And I'm like, all right, you know what? maybe it's dumb and silly, but at the same point, it looks equally as good as if it was a real fucking wrestler doing these moves to him, which goes to the psychology of selling. It's not the guy doing the move to you. It's how you sell the move. Probably 90% of the time, you know, it's just, just go watch this match it's silly in its own right, but when you watch it, you got to give Kota Ibushi a hell of a lot of credit. If you want to watch Omega do it as well, I don't care. Either way, the fact that you can have a match with a blow-up doll, I could do a clothesline. That's it. You know, like a, uh, what is it, the Rainmaker. I'll be able to do the Rainmaker at best because I can pull from the arm, bring it in, and clothesline. Other than that, the power bomb is going to look like a very stiff doll taking yeah. a power bomb. I don't know, man, but he made it look good. So, there you go. Ibushi versus Blow-Up Dow. Enjoy. Okay. And you know what? The the whole match, the doll just had a shocked look on its face. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wonder if it was his own personal And it's not getting man. much better than this for me, folks. <laughs> All right, I'm keeping mine short and sweet. I'm just here to talk about MJF and uh, CM Punk and their rivalry as of late. Fantastic, slow burn. Uh, you know, they are doing a bit of a callback with the whole labors of Jericho, but it's the labors of Punk. Uh, but, you know, they came out hot out the gate with that banger of a 20-minute promo, and it's just been great. And, you know, it really could go either way. You know, this could be where the split with Wardlow happens. That could happen after Punk could win just to shut up MJF. MJF could win, you know, and get put over. Um, I don't think any of us are going to be too disappointed. And we know that MJF, for as much as of a heel as he is, actually has some in-ring skills. Um, and I think the two of them together are just going to put on a banger of a match. So I can't wait. Oh, well, speaking of... Hey, uh, I didn't realize this until we got off air last week. I was so excited going through our list that I actually left uh, one of them off the list. It was number 17, <laughs> and it was Darby Allen versus MJF. And you want to talk about MJF can go? Yeah, dude. That was – he can prove – he proved it. He can wrestle, actually mm -hmm. have a wrestling match with other people. Like, I, and not just with other people. I'm not talking about, like, the doll thing. I meant more of, like, with different types of guys. He's fought Darby. He's fought Cody. And all were different types of matches. Now, you're right. He's doing the same thing he did with Jericho. He also did this with Cody. It's 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 yep. his mule. It's what he does. <laughs> Here is my... I just thought of this prediction on the fly right now while you were talking. Because you said, you know, you got the Wardlow thing. This match is going to happen at most likely revolution probably the way it's building yeah 
He probably is going to have to do a FTR versus Punk match, right? I mean, he's fought everybody else, so he's got to at least fight FTR at some point, or at least each guy. That would be a great time to bring in the Briscoes. <laughs> he's like yeah. a two-on-one. God, I got to stop writing ideas. Anyway, um, ooh, hey, if it happens, it can go into our list. But what if? All right, we don't want. Who do you want to win the first match? Because it's got to go series. There's no way it's going to end after one match. Who wins first? <sighs> if we're going a series, I'd say Punk wins first. Then maybe MJF okay. the next two. Here is what I think. Wardlow is in MJF's corner all the way into Revolution. He comes in just as Punk's about to hit the GTS. Powerbombs Punk. MJF gets pissed. Powerbombs MJF. Leaves. Or vice versa, whatever. One, it just I think he puts both guys down. You'll get an amazing pop. I'm thinking the crowd would actually almost go nuts for that because you're putting someone else over as well in the process. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Yeah. I think MJF wins the first match, most likely by cheating. But sure. I don't know, man. If Wardlow's there by that point, I, I think it's going to be all Pinnacle will be banned from ringside. That's kind of what I think it's going to end up being. He's yeah. beat everybody now, it's so I mean, what's the point? It's a he's basically doing the Randy Orton to Nexus thing, or or not Randy or John Cena and Nexus John thing. Cena, you know, yeah. well, actually, both of them did that. Well, Randy did it too on the way to WrestleMania uh, to face the Core. No, 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 against the Punk against Punk when he took over Nexus, he took out uh, Husky Harris and all those guys and sent them back right right to NXT. Either way, Punk and, and MJF is the best rivalry going right now. And I think I like the slow burn. You, like you said, slow burn. It was a great wording for that. I don't need to see them lock up, and they keep getting close enough. The only thing that that he's yep. even touched so far is MJF's scarf. This past yeah, that week. was awesome. That was it. <laughs> I actually think he should have threw that right out to the crowd. You know what I mean? You could do yeah. it with a cheap scarf, a ten dollar one that looks like it's a hundred dollar one or whatever. Throw it out to the crowd. That would have been great, you know. But either way, I, I like where it's going. But now I think we're going to have to get something physical. Now I think MJF has to hit Punk from behind Yep. and powder quick. It's got to be something like that. There's got to be an, at least one physical contact. I'm looking at this as a, an old-school flair and steamboat. You know, you can have a great series of matches with a heel and, and a very overface. I think it's excellent. I'm not saying it's on the same lines of those. I'm just saying... Flair played a great heel back in the day, and everybody wanted him to lose. MJF can go right down that line with us. Well, it's time. We talk some good shit. Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwing. Wing. Eh? It's Nightwing. Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit. Hey everybody, this is Nightwing. I'm coming to you guys right after that game just ended. Buffalo, well, I can't say hit the music. I was rooting for them because that's who I wanted to win, but that's not actually what I'm here to talk about tonight. I'm here to talk about mainly the Royal Rumble. But before I get into that, I have my Oracle. Because I'm Nightwing, I got Oracle. She is my personal night um 
Artful Dodger. She's sitting right here beside me, so if you hear it in the background, that's her. Anyway, one thing I want to talk about, which is some definite good shit, is the fact that Vince McMahon with the XFL. People talk about how much of a failure that was, but let's just look at the camera angles and look at everything else that came out of the XFL that we now see in the NFL, and nobody wants to give Vince McMahon the credit for that. I'm going to go ahead and give him his flowers on that one. He earned it, and maybe one day they will give him a mention in the Hall of Fame over in, over in Canton. Now, what I wanted to talk to you guys about tonight was the uh, Royal Rumble. It's coming up this weekend. It's coming up Saturday night. And my predictions. So let's start with the, the Men's Royal Rumble. I'm going to give you two predictions tonight. In the Men's Royal Rumble, I think we're going to have a surprise appearance from The Rock. And he's going to win the Royal Rumble. The reason I say that is because I am sticking to my bloodline storyline and he's going to win it, and then they're going to have the Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. It's a cheap way to do it. The storyline's already written. However, Vince needs a second way to do it. I don't know why he always writes storylines to do it like that when it's already written for him. However, in my women's rumble, I'm pulling Mandy Rose to win the women's Royal Rumble. So, and I think she's going to pick Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. The reason that I say that is because, well, the Golden Diva versus, well, the Golden Diva at WrestleMania. It kind of builds itself. So, guys, have fun with that. Have a great two weeks. I'll catch you guys up in a little bit. Take care. Okay. I uh, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the love on the bills there, man. I really do. Yeah. Um, especially since we shit on you with the, the Falcons thing. My my bad. But um, giving the XFL credit to the NFL cameras. <clears throat> Ish. I want to say that they're probably just progressing with the times, but maybe. NFL did see some of the, the cameras that we're seeing that XFL did. Because, yeah, we do see a little more of the flyovers, nor, more a little more zoomed in, but I don't know. It, right. But your meat and potatoes, your Royal Rumble predictions, I did not see you picking The Rock. I did not see you doing anything with that whole family, with Roman and, and the Usos. Or Rock. Who would have saw that? No. Hey, man, honestly, <laughs> I've said it. To, I We've already said it. This is the year. If you're going to pull The Rock into a WrestleMania against Roman, this is your year. But it's right now they keep building towards Brock and Roman. They keep building it. I mean, Brock is the champion, supposed to be fighting Lashley, and he's still having feuding shit going on with Roman. So I I think it's probably going to be Roman and Lesnar for this would be the third time or fourth. Fourth, see, they I did think. WrestleMania 31, 34. This would, this would be the third. Okay. I think they did a couple SummerSlams as well and some Saudi Arabia. Oh, we're talking WrestleMania. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Just WrestleMania alone. Um, gotcha. So I would love to see The Rock in that one, 100%. Mandy Rose to face Charlotte Flair. 
That's a very, very bold prediction. Mandy Rose. Yeah. Problem is, she just recently went to, went to NXT, so I don't see it happening. But, hey, man, we'll put your name on that list if you if you get this one to come to fruition with things that we've all predicted this year. I don't see that happening. I would love to see The Rock. Now, this is where I think you and I can give our own personal Rumble predictions. Look at man, I'm not following anything with WWE, so it's really hard for me to yep. give a prediction. Um... I want to give you honors. I feel like I'll let you go first while I think. <laughs> okay. Uh, one thing that I'm going to say, and this is probably pretty obvious, uh, Dominic is going to eliminate Ray. Oh, totally. During the Rumble. That, that's going to happen. Um, Ray won't even get mad. He'll just go, uh, Oh, I think it's going to start proud. their feud. I think it's oh, going to okay. start their feud, yeah. Um, so... Oh, God, dude. I don't even know. Dude, I think they're going to phone it in. I think it's going to be like Rollins or Owens or maybe even Lesnar. Do you, you think know? Lesnar loses the title to Lashley and comes in and wins the Rumble? No, he's probably, just, he's probably just going to enter as the champion just so he has the chance to face Reigns. Good. Well, if Orton is in this match, I'd like to see his face after this one like we saw it after Money in the Bank because <laughs> it'll be the same expression. <laughs> pissed off look. Yeah. One of my favorite looks, by the way, I think about quite often is the time they zoomed in on Austin Aries right before he quit WWE after his match with Neville, and he just smiled at the camera like, I hate my life. Um, For all right, win- who's your woman to, oh, to women? There God. Yeah, to win it. I have no fucking clue. I mean, who is even relevant anymore? You've got, I mean, Belair just won, so is she going to win it again? Does Sasha come back and win? Um, I heard she has an injury. Yeah, she might. She always has an injury. Um, Jesus fucking Christ, dude! I don't even know. Uh, Do drop. Who the fuck knows? You know, I was actually gonna say Do drop myself, but there she's already fighting at the Royal Rumble, I think, for the title against Becky. Yes, another missed opportunity. Yeah. Now, Liv Morgan again. She didn't end up winning the title, so. I don't think she's going to go on. Punch that mic again, Mark. Uh, I don't think she's going to go on and win the Rumble. My women's prediction, the woman I drafted, Sonya Deville. I think Sonya will come in and pull the upset. There's nothing that says she can't fight. She's not injured. Why why did they put her to the side anyway? She had a stalker a year and a half ago? Yeah, I know, right? See, Paige just calls Paige called her like a clown shoe. <laughs> Said she's just a See, rip off of Paige. A, yeah, that's why I think I, I think it's a start because also I heard Paige may be entering the Rumble. Now that's some rumors. You know, there's a lot of people that are making their comeback, and you know, geez, you know, another person I see coming into the Rumble this year for the men's. He just got cleared, man. Corey Graves. Oh yeah. He. I don't think he's gonna win it. I think no. it'd be a surprise entrant. Yeah, that would make um, sense. Oh, I'd like to, you know, give another fuck you to Booker T. You know, he is just one of the worst analysts I think I've ever heard. Towing the line. Maybe all time. He's like he's like the Larry Merchant in boxing, dude. Like, just doesn't know shit. This guy said Corey should just stick to commentating. Okay, so let me ask you a question, Booker. When you were his age, if you had all those concussion issues and all those problems or whatever... 
and you had a, a glimpse of hope that you could actually wrestle again in a match, you would listen to other people saying, be a commentator. Mr. <laughs> D-Bra, that's my boy. Yeah. Fuck you. You suck on commentary. You suck. You could even pin Triple H when he was down for 90 minutes. <laughs> Not that that was his fault. Anyway, no. I've never liked him on commentary. So for him to even state that someone should stick to commentary versus wrestling is bullshit. Corey Graves was great in NXT. Go back. Him and Neville were a great tag team together. Right. Ugh, I don't think he's going to win it. Um, God, I'm going to have to get back to the men's rumble. I I, I, I think either Sony Deville or Paige. Yeah, all right. Banks could be your first ever back-to-back women's winner. They haven't had that, right? They had, you know, Austin was a back-to-back. Hogan was a back-to-back. Michaels, we don't have this, so we that could be your first being uh, Bel Air. So I'm going Paige, Bel Air, or Deville. If I have to go on one, I'm going to go with Sony Deville. For men's, I think you need to know the fucking roster. Um, I'm fucking going with uh, Veer. Fuck it, <laughs> Omos. Let's go with Veer. See, now, I would not mind him coming in at, like, number seven, wrecking house, and just winning the whole fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like, Kane style, but actually win instead of, like, throwing out 14 guys, but you couldn't throw out the lightest guy in the match, Stone Cold Steve Austin, at the end. That always bothered me. Kane threw out 14 men. Yeah, and everybody was 500 pounds or more, but when it came down to the lightest guy, he got his ass tossed out like he was a feather. Never understand their uh, thought process. Hey, man, I I think I will watch. I'm actually excited because there is a a mixed tag team match. I'm kind of excited to see, man. We're going to have Edge and Beth Phoenix against Edge and Maurice. You got Lashley taking on Lesnar. You got Roman against Seth motherfucking Rollins. I know you said he keeps coming out of those suits. I think they're starting. I, I, I'm becoming a fan of them. Yeah. I have to get one for myself. <laughs> Do you want to match in one? Sure. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? We're going to become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah. You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! Degeneration X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day! We got you! My God, I have never, ever in my life watched any of the 1997 first annual sold out. Not even WCWs, it's NWOs. I don't know how we can kind of really put this a part of the wars. I guess we can, but no. (laughs) It's the war within uh, the war. 
It is. Ooh. So it's it's funny to me because, you know, you and I did our watch along for Heroes of Wrestling. I think Heroes of Wrestling might have been a touch more entertaining, (laughs) at least because it was so bad. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I had trouble sitting through this whole fucking thing. And I was like, I got to I want to fast forward. And I go, but every time I feel like I want to, I hear someone do something or I see something done or whatever. And I or Oh, my God. Who uh, who is the uh, we'll get there commentators. Oh, uh, Bischoff Bischoff and DiBiase. DiBiase. Oh, God. Good shit. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Run down. What happened? All right. Well, buckle in. This is going to be a fun ride. Uh, we get the opening shot, which was almost kind of said cool. no one who bought that pay-per-view. <laughs> we get it's a it's a shot in black and white. Naturally, it's of a snowy street in Iowa uh, where the event was. And they've got police, ambulances, garbage trucks for some reason, which is what they're all riding on. Uh, you know, they got the semis and, uh, they're all flying NWO flags. Uh, they got a limo at the front and they all show up as a group and go into the arena. I thought that was kind of a cool shot. And then it's kind of like transitions into color into them being at the event. And, uh, actually before they transition to color, we get, uh, Eric Bischoff doing his best Mussolini impression. Uh, so that was interesting. And then, uh, yep. So Bishop. And so then Bischoff is in at the podium in the arena goes over to color. Uh, they've got a band playing the NWO theme. And uh, yeah, there's no WCW branding. It's all NWO. The ropes on the ring are black. The mat's black with the NWO logo. Uh, it did look cool. I'll give it that. That's about all it had going for it. Uh, and then they've got... That, three- I will say, if if you've ever had the privilege to any... Whenever you get the download packs for some of the 2K games, they included that in there. And you're right. The arena is the best part of this pay-per-view. It's cool looking, and that's it. Um, I do have to say, you ever think too much siren? Maybe just a touch too much sirens in the beginning of a fucking pay-per-view? I didn't really need two minutes and 30 seconds solidly. (laughs) I was like, Jesus. I'm like, I mean, I'm trying to watch this, but I'm also like, Trying to also be respectful of like anyone around me because the shit's so loud. It was annoying, <laughs> but it's funny that you said it went into color. I go, yo, is this entire pay per view gonna be in black and white? <laughs> and I'm like, because all their promos are. And I go, huh? So I really started thinking because if you watch their WCW Saturday Night stuff that they always show, it was black and white. And I go, am I about to watch an entire black and white pay per view? Thank God, no. But maybe that would have made it better. Yeah. Maybe it would have made it better for how hokey the shit was. It would have been better. But like, oh, it's Charlie Chapman. It's cool. <laughs> it would have. It definitely would have added something that they needed. Um, yeah, so they got like, three uh, panels uh, for video uh, up above where Bischoff is on the podium, right above the entrance. Uh, and they get a little video package uh, from Hogan, Hall, and Nash. And uh, Bischoff and DiBiase head to commentary. Uh, we get our first match. It's Chris Jericho versus Masahiro Chono. Uh, none of the WCW participants had music playing and they would just have that NWO voice. You know, the one that does, uh, this, uh, this ad is brought to you by the NWO. That was the guy that even the new world order, (laughs) that same exact voice. Yep. Uh, and it's funny because just randomly during the match, it would go loser. (laughs) Or if one of the, some of them had some really funny intros in, were you able to catch every one of them each time? I I might have um, written down a couple, but I can't think of uh, any. I got Jericho's. Do you? 
Jericho was from somewhere north above the border, and he should have stayed in hockey. That's what I okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, like, that was a good one. <laughs> yep. Uh, credit to Nick Patrick. He had to uh, pull duty for the entire night. Uh, did look like a douchebag, so that's cool. Uh, we've got women scattered about the entrance and the ringside on motorcycles, on Harleys. Uh, we're going to get back to that one. Uh, all of a sudden, we see Harlem Heat, Sherry, Faces of Fear, Nasty Boys, and the Horsemen all in the crowd. Um, so, you know, WCW obviously scoping them out. Uh, Randy Anderson's actually there. Well, well. No, what it is, really, is they hate them so much. They're investing into their product. So stupid. <laughs> They're literally buying front row tickets to watch this shit. But I will say, back in, I told you, I, I purchased only Starcade 96 ever. And I remember, though, that is their thing is, if you're not on the card, you're in the crowd, so you're cheering for WCW because you want them to beat NWO that bad. I'm like, and while I'm okay with it, that's weak. That is weak. I don't like it. I don't like the guys in the crowd. I would hate if I went to a pay per view as Harlem Heat and they're like, "Yeah, you're gonna sit uh, like sixth row tonight and just watch all three hours." Am I getting paid for this shit? <laughs> yeah. If if there was a payoff, I'd understand, and there is to some extent with at least one of uh, the people in the crowd. But we'll get there when we get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. So Jericho just gets squashed. Ultimately, you know, he got some offense, and it wasn't a true squash. But ultimately. It was all Chono. Uh, Jericho actually ends up going through a table and loses. So there you go. Um, all right. So here we go. I actually think the table spot is pretty big for who it is. You don't see a lot of mid-card or undercard guys going through tables. It's always your main event kind of stuff, at least in WWF at this time. WCW really doesn't do a whole lot of table stuff like Giant put Luger through a couple times, but mm-hmm. never Jericho. So I found this to be kind of interesting. Maybe just a fluke. I don't know. Maybe they just need a cool ending. I don't know. But just to me, the fact that Jericho is the one that went through a table mm-hmm. in the opening match. Right. It's typically reserved for your bigger stars, bigger storylines. Yeah. Remember yeah. that? Remember that run with the VIP table for like a month or two? <laughs> exactly my point. Yep. Yeah. It was like every time let's get rid of the food, put them through the table. <laughs> Well, uh, it's at this point that we're introduced to one of the co-hosts for the night, Jeff. Jeff something. I don't know. Jeff, uh, to me, seems like the guy on from high school that you see on Facebook that's trying to be edgy and it just backfires all the time. Because um, that's basically what happened to him all night long. Uh, he's introducing contestants for the Miss NWO pageant. Uh, all the women that you see on their Harleys, uh, they are all entrants. So, yeah, so they start showing some of the submission photos, and DiBiase and Bischoff are oogling all the photos and making, like, not even not even clever, not even, like, just downed out, downright dirty um, comments. They're just, like, missing on everything. It's like, because there's some... I kind of like, one got me, one I loved. Could, did you write any of them down? I, I got didn't. One that had me I cracking didn't. up. Oh man, you ready? He goes. <laughs> I got. I got to get myself straight in the lab with this. <laughs> Bischoff, during this whole thing, they're looking at the submission photos. Bischoff goes, "Oh man, she could cut wood." Diviasi yeah. goes, "She eats cheese too." <laughs> oh, the one from Wisconsin. Yeah. 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 She eats cheese too. I don't know why it just made me it, laugh. 
And the other thing is too, like you would have thought with it being edgy and like the NWO, they would have like made fun of the ones that were less attractive. They didn't. Like it was really weird. It was like they were trying to be nice. It was just, it was just like okay, anytime we see a picture of a chick or we talk to a chick, they're hot and we want to bang them. But we're not going to say that because that would be too edgy. So it was just weird. They couldn't find a lane and stick with it. They tried to be all over the place. Which for the NWO, you should be, you know. Dickish. Set them, forget them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yeah, so Bischoff does say, he goes, they had to pay their own way to get here and they have to find their own place to stay because we're not, they're not staying with us. So that was like the one thing. And then, like, do you like biker chicks? So. Our, our illustrious host, Jeff. Uh, Yo, throughout. I didn't even know his name. I didn't even write it down. Oh, I That's wrote it down. That's how much I was invested into Jeff. Yeah. My name's Jeff. <laughs> he's a touch hole, for sure. So, <laughs> so, all right, first contestant, what does NWO going all the way mean to you? Oh my god! I... And and the thing is, like, they didn't. This is one of those times that you could have scripted their responses because they obviously did not give them any <laughs> inkling of what they were going to be asked or how to respond. So it was just like, whatever it takes. And then the next question: What would you do to tame Kevin Nash? Anything? Oh, it's getting hot in here, guys. <laughs> literally, literally. They could Wait. have scripted this and made it so much better. Yes. Meanwhile, in the middle of this, I have never... I The first time I ever heard a crowd chant, boring was until like mid-2000s because Stone Cold did it to Christian and it was a whole thing and then people started utilizing it. Which we're gonna get into chance later on this season oh, because yeah. there's chance I love, but I also hate chance. What? That's one of them. You know what I'm saying? You know, like yep. certain things like that. So <laughs> the crowd's chanting "boring" during this segment. That's how horrible this is. And this had the feel of, and it just occurred to me right now, with the stupid questions going bike to bike. What would you do? I do anything <laughs> it reminded me do you remember jenna Mac- jenny mccarthy's singled out on mtv yeah 50 dudes trying to bang one chick and you got to go through and she's like i don't want you to have this or all that shit and you have to answer dumb shit that's what this reminded me of it was the it was horrible that- except singled out looked like an emmy award winning show compared to this thing <laughs> that's a good call it's a good allegory uh yeah so we got our next match it's hugh morris versus big bubba um morris hits a oh low bl- blow they fight off to the ramp uh so they go up to the stairs because they actually had like they were almost like bleacher stairs kind of um for the entrance and morris does kind of a corkscrew moonsault off of that uh comp- and misses obviously uh, it's at this point that Bubba goes back down, uh, takes one of the bikes from one of the biker chicks, and clips Morris, and then runs back to the ring so he, Morris can get counted out. Mm-hmm. Hit him with a bike. Hit and run. Yep. It's fucking felony. Yep. Felony. Vehicular felony match. assault. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, Jeff's That back. was not a humorous moment. 
Boo. Oh, come on. I'm too that was for the full for the full, full <laughs> I'm tilt. too hungover to boo you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I drank my sorrows away last night. Um so Jeff's back. I didn't even write like specifics because at this point they're just giving vague general answers because again, they obviously didn't tell them that what they were going to say and every attempt that they have to try to be sexual and like, you know, a lot of innuendo just ended up with like um, I'm not really sure, or just it's just dumb, vague responses. Does Jeff have a last name, or was it just Jeff? They may have said his last name, but who gives a shit? Jeff asshole. Right, so his name Jeff is, Touchhole. We're gonna call him. We're gonna call him Jeffrey Jeff. Jeff Jeffy Jeff. Boo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make his segments better than they were. Okay. You're not doing a good job. Um, Maybe I should work with him. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> That's what you could call the podcast. Boo. Um, so. <laughs> Professor and Jeff present Boo. <laughs> I'll do the drop for you so you can have that. Uh, next we get Jeff Jarrett versus drop Wall Street. Uh, he's like Mike Wall Street now. He's not VK Wall Street anymore. He's just like Mike Wall Street. I guess, uh, you know, in the NWO... They had to make it more uh, common or something. I don't know. I think it was that's them doing their rib, I felt like, because he is VK Wall Street. But no, wait, he is in the NWO, so he is Mike. No, Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like, why yeah. not just be Mike Rotunda at that point? Yeah, who the fuck Because then he wouldn't be Mr. Moneybags? Yeah. Uh, I did like what Bischoff, Bischoff had, did have a good line when Jeff Jarrett gets, gets in the ring. He goes, somebody's got to get this guy a new outfit. I always hated Jeff Jarrett's fucking outfits. I hated it when he came back to the Royal Rumble back a couple of years ago. He still has that shit. <laughs> it looks like he got streamers from the party store and put it together. It's horrible. I hate yeah, that right. thing. I was going to say it looks like a rejected stripper outfit, but, you know, who, you know. You know what? It looks like if if he was wearing it for his baby tonight. All right. All right, I'll give you credit it. for I'm that. I'm too hungover one. to sing that, it. That was that was that was good. I'll give you that one. That was a, that was a wait. Nice does that transition. mean I get to sing it? Um, later. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, during the match, we we see that Mongo and Deborah are watching, and of course, Deborah is just fanning for the camera naturally. Y'all. Uh, she looks concerned and dumb. Uh, Deborah eventually drags Mongo to ringside. He's visual, you know, obviously hesitant, doesn't want to follow. Um, Jeff Jarrett gets the figure four on and Nick Patrick just grabs Wall Street by the hands and pulls him to the ropes for a rope break. Hilarious. Just the blatantness of, uh, you know, the inside job here. Uh, Deborah's still dragging Mongo to the ring and he hits Wall Street with the Halliburton. Uh, and Patrick looks like he isn't going to make the count and Mongo kind of threatens him. So he counts three and uh, Jeff Jarrett gets the win and Deborah and Mongo saunter off. Deborah looking very pleased. Mongo looking rather pissed off. And uh, so I we're back. The most oh. pissed off at this point is probably the fans who bought this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. How much do you think they spent? If they charged more than 20, I would have been asking for my money back. I would have liter- literally called the cable company. Hi. Um, this is really rigged, and it's really, really bad. Um, can I get my money back? <laughs> yeah, right. Um. <laughs> But then again, at that age back then, you know, probably wouldn't have. You probably would have enjoyed it back then. Uh, oh, and man. not just you. I, I mean. I try to put myself in the the little professor shoes. 
when yeah. I was a, a student. The little professor. Didn't care for it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if this would have been more of a Life Without Shame NWO pay-per-view, that would have been something else, but... It's what they joke. made it out to be. They made exactly. it out to be like it they was going to be TNA all over the place. Yep. Well, and instead they got a bunch of uh, ladies who are next door soccer moms being like, "Hey, could you sit on a, a bike without knocking it over?" Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Come on over. Well, well, well speaking of TNA, uh, Jeff's back and uh, he's definitely a perv. Uh, we're in the senior division of the Miss NWO pageant, which is hilarious, uh, and we'll get back to that too. Um, it, it's becoming evident at this point that they, they really tried to be extremely sexual, and it completely backfired. Um, again, scripting their responses would have worked a little bit better. Uh, next, we get our we get our feud, a true feud here. We get former tag team partners Scotty Riggs uh, versus Buff Bagwell. Uh, this is the debut of the blockbuster. Wins with it. Um, really, not much else to say about the match. I do like that move. It's really nice. Um, Bischoff at this point makes a reference to the local talent. <laughs> at least they got one in there, uh, and referencing that how Bagwell used to be a stripper or like a male dancer. <laughs> Made kind of alludes to that, and him and DiBiase kind of chuckle. It seemed like more of a or a realistic kind of inside rib thing, where DiBiase was laughing like, "Okay." So, and then he ends up doing it later in life as well. So, you know, yeah, there's that too. Some people can't shake a habit. <laughs> Some things just stick with you, bro. Uh, yeah, like Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that, he's back. <laughs> Oof. And. uh Basically, again, after another lame response, he, he he closes out with, Oh, I'm gonna go take a cold shower. Ugh. Ew. Ew. <laughs> He's gonna deflower himself in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> deflower in the shower. <laughs> Ew. We're not using that for the title. <laughs> Ah, there's no way. That was a good showrunner. No way. (laughs) Save that one. Um, Next, we get a GDP. Yeah, we'll save that one for a rainy day. (laughs) You know, to flower in the shower. That'll come up often. (laughs) Uh, DX is right around the corner. You never know. You never know. Hey, man, that's pretty much the same thing as Paradise by the Dashboard Light. So, I mean, you know, whatever. It's just actually, if it's the to flower in the shower, you could even go to 98 where Kai and Ty. With with Val Venus, the choppy your choppy choppy your peepee. Yeah. Well, that took a turn. All right, so that's a major turn. I don't even know what pay per view we're talking about anymore. Yeah. Uh, if only it this was show that easy. just got raunchier than this whole pay per view was said to be. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next, we got uh, Diamond Dallas Page versus Scott Norton. Uh, during the match, Bagwell and uh, the other NWO members come out. They've got T-shirts. They're trying to recruit DDP. Um, you get uh, I'd say Buff, Bubba, Vincent, and Wall Street are all in the ring. DDP's like, hey, man, I no problem with you guys. No problem with those guys. He takes the shirt on, says he's joining. Same thing that he did to Scott Hall, except he does it to Norton. He high-fives him, pulls him in, diamond cutter. Uh, gets a couple shots in, powders, goes out in the crowd, rips off the NWO shirt. Uh, so. Why? Why did you have to do the same exact thing from Nitro? I know. I mean, it was almost like it would have been better. Spot on. It would have been better if they just saved it for the pay per view. It would have had more of a yeah. reaction. Uh, but we did at get least, a decent. At least sold out would have been remembered for something. Yeah, I know, right? If that was the case, for doing the same thing that they did on the previous Nitro. Um, yeah, and then they get, we get a camera shot of uh, Nick Patrick. He says. I'm declaring a count out, and Scott Norton's the winner. Am I cool, bro? All right. Thanks for stopping by. Where's Jeff? 
Okay. I'm going to read. I'm going to read the next part. My notes just verbatim and through. All right? Oh, I'm in. And then, I'm ready. All right. All right. Back to Jeff. Kill me already. <laughs> what is your favorite maneuver, and would you show me how to apply it? I would, but there are children present. I'm in room 802. Okay. Sunshine's on a dog's ass every once in a while. <laughs> they finally had one go well for him. Well, it was still horrible. <laughs> Do you think that was the only scripted part? I don't they got know. it I to the very end. Like, we just need this point, ending here. Maybe at that point they're like, okay, we've got to give them something to say. So just this is what we're going to do, okay? Okay. Ted, take over commentary for a minute. I got to go chat with Jeff over here. <laughs> we're not even done yet. I can't wait. All right, next. Uh, what I would say would be the match of the night. Uh, actually, no, you know the, the main event, I think, was uh, not the main event, but the next two matches are the matches of the night. Uh, what, not just because it's some of the bigger players, but, you know, just some of the better workers, which are more invested in. Uh, we get Steiner Brothers versus the Outsiders. Steiner's come out in leather jackets. Uh, Rick's has, like, the two bulldogs on the on the shoulders. It was pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah, man, pretty much it, it, it's a typical Steiner's match. Uh, Rick is trapped in the ring for a while. And uh, Scott's the hot tag. Um, so basically what happens is uh, Hall's hitting a razor's edge. Uh, Patrick takes a ref bump. Uh, so there's no count. Uh, Rick hits a bulldog on Hall from the top. He's out. Still no ref. Uh, Randy Anderson just decides, you know what? I'm here as a spectator, but I'll just come to the ring and I'll count because I'm a ref. So... That's what he does. And the fucking Steiners win the tag titles. Big pop. Um, at one point, I'm like, so Nash or Hall's, you know, still out cold, spread out in the fucking middle of the ring. And I'm like, why is there a boom mic just hovering over Scott Hall? Like, why are like, you're trying to get a, like some sound of him snoring? And I realized it was that camera that they used to get like in the ring. It's the NW camera. I'm like, what the fuck is there a boom mic doing <laughs> They were lowering his drink down to him. The match was over. <laughs> Cold bloody <laughs> unity. <laughs> oh, we're getting silly. All right. Uh, again, uh, one of the uh, this I think is the best match. Uh, we got six versus Eddie Guerrero in the uh, ladder match uh, for the U.S. title. Man, you know, say what you want about Sean Waltman. Uh, he looked good in this match. Uh, the two of them worked really well together. There's a lot of crazy spots on the ladder. Um, so Bischoff does mention Hall inventing the ladder match. You want to dispute that another time? We can, but uh, kind of cool that they uh, gave him his well, we props. We definitely for... dispute it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. There, one of my favorite. Now spots I do got to say something. You actually just mentioned uh, him. Forgot to tell you. Well, Shaw Waltman, uh, Waltman showed up to GCW. I, I did see that. After Cardona yeah. won, he uh, gave him a Bronco Buster. So, yeah. it, it, you know, it, that was, uh, I think it's cool. He's, he got a major pop. Yeah. Probably the best part of that show, considering everything else I saw sucked. Um, but well, this, this was WCW's first ladder match. I don't wow. remember them having a ladder match prior to this. Yeah. I, I can't say I ever remember one. They had no. scaffold so matches, I think, I think, but that was about it. Yeah. But that that might have even been NWA. That might not have been even WCW. That, uh, 
I don't think they did a scaffold in WCW. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, for the for these two guys, I think you trusted the right two guys. It was a great match between the both of them. Yeah, my favorite spot was uh, there. You know, because they do that a lot where they both guys are at the top of the ladder and. Uh, so six knocks Guerrero off the ladder. He bounces off the top rope and back into the ladder, knocking the ladder or nah, nah, knocking the ladder over. I thought it was a cool little spot. That's not, don't see that one too much. Uh, I feel like that's one they haven't gone to the wall too too many times on. Um, at one point, and I have no idea what the context for this is. I'm hoping you can help me out. Uh, when it looks like Guerrero's starting to you know make a rally for it, Bischoff on a commentary says, "Come on, six, do it for Allison Chains." I mean, I'm a big Allison Chains fan, but I don't understand what that has to do with anything. Is the word six anywhere in any no. of their songs? No, not that I can think of now. Maybe he's just a big fan of Allison Chains. Maybe was, he is. But... Maybe he is. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so uh, basically it ends, you know, they're both at the top and they both struggle and they both pull down the belt together. Uh, Guerrero, while they're both holding on to it, shoves it into Six's head, who falls off the ladder and Eddie wins. Or reclaims, I guess, wins and reclaims the physical title that he already held. So, he retains. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he retains, and he goes uh, into the crowd and uh, celebrates with the fellow WCW team members that are there in attendance. So, good spot. See, okay. Now, when you see moments like this, it really baffles me. When you think about in a couple of years with Eddie's. Hey, Eric, I'm pouring coffee on myself, you know, because that, that whole speech and he quits. That, it, you were really pushing him here. Why did you guys just give up? Because, I mean, like, you had him just fight with Flair. Now he's your U.S. champion, and he just had he just put on the first ladder match. I'm actually shocked they didn't keep pushing him more. I want to know what turned Eric Bischoff off. Who was in his ear? Was it? Because I know that they used to call... Uh, I think Kevin Nash, they used to call him Vanilla Midget, right? I think that was the whole thing, is that he was... Uh, or no, he, Mexican Jumping Bean, they say in the beginning of the NWO thing, and that pissed him off, too, uh, in his entrance. Um, but they said he was just a midget wrestler. He's he's not going to be able to draw. So they never gave him a push. WWE puts him there. 2004, he beat Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Not many people have pinned Brock Lesnar. Let's just also say that. No. Yeah, so... so yeah, but I'm just, I, it makes me wonder because I love watching this match, see him be a U.S. champion. That's your second-tier championship or whatever, your, your mid-card. Yeah. And most of your guys who have been U.S. champion generally become your world champion, at least in WCW. Yeah, and he's been adjacent, just, like you said, he's been adjacent to the top of the card with the top guys. Yeah. You know? So, so yeah, I just had to kind of veer off on that. Yeah. I know, it's an NWO pay-per-view. My bad. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's, those are questions that need to be asked. All right, so uh, we're in our Miss NWO Finals. Thank God it can't get any worse, right? Wrong. Um, mm. They actually have Chirons for each contestant as they saunter on by Jeff. Uh, show, I think, their height, weight, eye color, and then, like, a quote or their profession or some shit. Um, so Bischoff says he's going to announce the winner. And it's down to the tie, down to a tie, and he's going to break the tie with a question. So he goes up to two of the women. First one, he whispers something in her, in, her, in her ear. She whispers back, and of course, Bischoff is all a flutter. Uh, does the same thing with the second contestant, and uh, says, "All right, 
And the winner is one of the oldest ones in the competition. I thought it was going to be the blonde with the knockers personally, but they went with uh with the one of the old ladies. Um, and then they give her her who looks flower. like she is a legitimate biker and owns a bar. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, they <laughs> give her the flowers, the crown, and the sash, and then Bischoff makes out with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still having nightmares from it. <laughs> Some things you can't unsee, bro. Uh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah. I would have rather him kiss Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. For NWO, this is the most... I already said, you know, the... the if if, if the Golden the Girl... the most vanilla pay-per-view I've ever watched in my life for for a group of people who are supposed to be badasses. You would have thought... John Cena put this together. The Golden Girls had more sexual innuendo in every episode than these fucking guys did in this pay-per-view. I, honestly, man, I... Blanche. <laughs> Actually, out. Estelle? B. Arthur. She was a feisty nice. one. Nice. Outstanding. <laughs> oh, starting to get loopy. Chicken nugget time. All right. <clears throat> Main event, Giant versus Hogan. Uh, I haven't seen this match in a day. Yeah, we're going to get there. I have comments. Uh, Hogan has Nate Newton, George Teague, and Ray Donaldson from the Cowboys. Fuck them. Uh, Hogan at one point uses salt, throws it in the Giants' uh, face while they're outside the ring. Uh, uses his wrist tape to choke Giant. Uh, Hogan slams Giant. Uh, hits the leg drop. Uh, Giant no soul, no sells it. Gets him up immediately. Hits his choke slam. Patrick counts to two. Says Hogan's shoulder is up. It's not up. Okay. So Giant oh, it was takes clear. His, yeah, so, no, it, yeah. He was down. So Giant takes his hands, puts them on Hogan's shoulders, making sure they're not gonna move. Same thing, counts to two and says, Nope, his shoulders up. So Giant choke slams Patrick. Uh Bischoff heads to the ring. Uh Buff gets choke slammed. Same for Vincent Wall Street and Bubba. Uh Bischoff grabs an acoustic guitar from the band because they've been apparently playing acoustic all night, uh, gives it to Hogan and puts the giant down. Uh, we get, we want sting chance and we don't get sting end of pay-per-view. <clears throat> kind of odd to me. Um, I think that this would have been better off if Bischoff was like, you know what? Next week, WCW Monday Nitro is going to be NWO Monday Nitro. Cause the, amount of effort that was put into this pay-per-view could have been done easily on a nitro and i would have been fine with jeff the biker chicks everything i'd have been like yeah it was just a very silly episode of nitro they wasted a pay-per-view man that was wasted moments and it's i'm not saying that yeah i don't need to have a wrestling match and everything needs to mean something because i need to have a winner and a loser it, it, it can't be cheating but if I know that NWO is going to legit win almost everything, that's I mean, well, they didn't win everything. They actually lost the tag titles. That was yep. actually a shock to me. I did not think that was going to happen. And but, the U.S. title. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Just to me, it was just very meh. I don't know. It, I it I'd have been very upset if I had purchased this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Probably would have wrote off the company. <laughs> so anyway, let's go into Nitro. Let's see what they do to rectify or uh, carry over on that. Um, we got did they Bischoff. bring Jeff over? Yeah, <laughs> they did not. Thank God. Uh, Bischoff actually does start off saying it is NWO Monday Nitro. 
Uh, it's Bischoff and the Outsiders on commentary, and it has business to attend to, the injustice of the Outsiders losing the way they did. Bischoff calls Randy Anderson to the announce table. Uh, he's in the middle of the ring for the first match. Hall fucking smacks him in the face, and Bischoff just starts running him down. Asks, uh, you know, how did you, you know, uh, how, how did you get into the show last night? Uh, oh, uh, I was given the the ticket as a gift by uh, one of the WCW promoters. Bischoff brings up company policy on receiving gifts. Tells Anderson he violated company policy. He's like, yeah, you know, Randy, I know you've had a really rough year. He goes, yeah, you know, I had cancer. He goes, yeah, I don't want to hear your personal problems. You're fired. (laughs) How fucked up is that, dude? Randerson's like, yeah, Yeah, I don't want to hear your personal problems. Jesus. (laughs) It's cold, man. (laughs) It is. Uh, So, uh, yep, fires him on the spot. Hall calls him a jabrone. Not a jabroni. Not a, with an E. A, a jabroni. Thought it was pretty mm. fucking funny. Is he trying on something new? So, yeah, who the fuck knows? But, we know, Rocky Mayavia is not The Rock yet. So, you know, maybe that's where he got it from. Who knows? I mean, it's a pretty common I really term, feel uh, like I remember Hall saying the word jabroni long before Rock. Now I really... Yeah. I'm excited to watch a little more now because there I feel like I didn't know that. But now I feel like I... Or I, I kind of slightly remember it. Hmm. There you go. So now they call for the Steiners, uh, but security's blocking off the announce booth so they can't get up there. Uh, Bischoff tells the Steiners, leave the belt or you're in breach of contract. And, man, I, I didn't like this. They did. They just fucking were bitches mm-hmm. and just were like, okay, here. Threw it on the floor. They threw one across the way. Uh, Bischoff says they're going to find him. Uh, Steiners have an opening match. Um, Steiners are calling the outsiders to the ring. Yeah, man, I just didn't like that. It was shitty. If 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 that's all you were gonna do, then why did you do it? Like you didn't need to. He should have pulled a. Since we're gonna go, you already brought up uh, Airheads. He should have pulled a Chaz. He wipes his ass with his title. I love this guy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so we get Steiners versus Faces of Fear. Harlem Heat and Sherry are in the crowd again. I don't know why. Again, doesn't really pan out. Um, man. There was a botch spot. Uh, Faces of Fear doing a double team. I think Haku did a backdrop, and uh, Barbarian was going to do a splash. But Rick either misinterpreted because as soon as he got backdropped, he sat up. As Barbarian was coming down for the splash, it could have went really bad. But luckily, they got through yep. that. Um, yeah, it was weird. The finish. They uh, Barbarian tries a belly to belly off the top. Rick reverses. I think. Like, he went back, but Rick just landed on top of him. I don't know if the spot just went bad halfway or if that's what they planned. It looked it looked sketchy. Um, so, at this point, right before the Steiners end up winning the match, uh, Hall hits his third jabron. We get the jabron hat trick. So, jabron, yeah, he was using jabron, that. Jabron. He, he was, yeah. <laughs> hat trick. All right, so after that, we get Shivani and Zabisco are back on commentary. Shivani in his finest Bugle Boy sweatshirt. Uh, and we get a photo recap of Sold Out. Uh, Wait, next. Was Bugle Boy not, like, cool? My mom said it was cool. Okay, so did mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad we're waking up a little bit here. Uh, so Giants got a match, and it's against Roadblock, who's close to 400 pounds. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, and 
dressed like a roadblock. A roadblock. Imagine that. Uh, from the Vince School of Creative. Uh, Giant hits a drop kick. Roadblock goes over the top and through the, uh, one of the tables that was ringside. Uh, and Giant wins, wins with a choke slam. Uh, does a little promo on Hogan afterwards and challenges him to a title match tonight, which would make three in a week. No, it, three in a week. Yes. All right. Like maybe five in overall month, since yeah. Hog Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. And Hog Wild was August. I get it, but that's a lot of title matches back and forth, back and forth between them, and it's been kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah, well, again, I'll, I'll, I got notes. And the only reason he wasn't having those fights was because he joined the NWO. But as soon as he, as soon as the whole Piper thing was over, pretty much all of what December and January has been nothing but Giant and Hogan. It's annoying. Yep. It's kind of like watching WWE. All right, let's move on. There we go. Next, we get uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Eddie Guerrero for the U.S. title. Uh, guess who comes to the ring? Yeah, it's Deborah again in Mongo. You know, e- y'all, I got to be down here to make sure that Jeff's, uh, his little things that he wears on his chest with the long drapey things, I want to make sure they don't rip, y'all. Uh, yeah. Y'all. So Mongo looks like he's going to hit Eddie, but he actually hits Jeff Jarrett instead, um, which may have made him feel good, but it kind of backfires because Jarrett now wins by DQ, and Deborah holds up his hand, and she looks happier than pig and shit. And Mongo just drags her back. And Zabisco says, that's why you keep him in the kitchen. <laughs> All right, Larry. I'm just waiting for it. I know it won't happen. This sounds horrible. But when she's all, like, happy, I'm waiting for him to be like, are you blowing this guy? Like, what is the deal? <laughs> like, why are you help- <laughs> No, even Mongo could get that one out. That's for sure. Uh, so they talk about, uh, they haven't aired footage of Piper beating Hogan, uh, because Bischoff has confiscated the tapes and the recordings and has destroyed them. Well, thanks to all you people out there who, who pitched in, we finally got footage. And as the, as Anderson is about to call three on the sleeper, the video cuts out and turns off. Bischoff went in there, got the tape, comes out. Runs down Shivani and Zabisco and destroys the tape. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, next, we get Billy Pearl versus Ultimate Dragon. Dragon wins with a double chicken wing suplex into a bridge pin. Mm-hmm. Hooray. All right. Some of the best stuff on Nitro coming up. We got Mean Gene with the Horseman. Uh, all of them are out there. Uh, Flair's starting to cut the promo. And he, Shut your mouth, fat boy. <laughs> I love when Flair just hollers at somebody. Uh, they referenced the Super Bowl uh, being last night. Packers beat the Patriots 35-21. Fuck the Patriots. Oh, good. Even um, back then, no one liked the Patriots. Yep, pretty much. Uh, Mongo calls the crowd zipperheads. Um, Mongo, I don't think you know what that word means. I was just going to say, am I wrong on my... Okay, good. All right, I know what it means, and I'm wrong. Okay, or no, I'm not wrong, and wow. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty cringe. Where did he hear? Where did he hear that from? That he was like, "That's a good line." Uh psh, who the fuck knows? Probably somebody was clowning him in the back. It was a rib. Like you should say this to the crowd. So, yeah, he is. He should be really thankful 
Social media was not around back then. His ass would have been canceled Tuesday morning, if not yep. before the Nitro went off the air. Oh, before night. yeah, before it went off the air. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next, we get Ron Powers versus uh, Luger. Uh, I don't know if he's related to Jim Powers or not. Uh, but yeah, it's a squash. Austin. Yep. Oh. It's a squash match, as is the next one, which is... Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> See how... Conf- oh, my God. All right. Uh, Gene comes in the ring with Luger, and basically it's Luger talking about getting past his beef uh, with the Giant, uh, referencing that stare down they had when they passed each other in the aisle. Uh, yeah, so we go into hour two. We get a recap of the Outsiders, uh, Anderson and Steiner segment from the open of the show. Uh, then we get the Amazing French Canadians versus Arn and Mongo. Uh, Mongo uses the briefcase, naturally, because that's all he can really do. He didn't. Really in the ring a lot. I I kind of kept an eye because anytime Mongo's in the ring, I want to see it so I can take notes on it. Um, but Heenan goes, Mongo's getting good. Shivani goes, he's becoming dominant. You must be crazy. <laughs> you must be crazy. Who asked he, you guys to feed this? Good. Is it is it like the make Roman strong thing? We got to make Mongo strong. <laughs> oh God, he's the worst. Uh, outsiders uh, beat the extreme. Joe Kevin Sullivan squashes Joe Gomez. He had two in a row. They were just boom, boom. Uh, I get, feel like they phoned in the show, man. Yeah, Hogan comes out with Bischoff and Liz. Uh, Sting and Macho. We see Sting and Macho in the crowd. Hogan. And they cut a little bit of a promo on him, and Hogan says he'll face the Giant tonight for the title. Hooray! Uh, we get another squash. It's Jerry yes. Flynn versus Dean Malenko. As we're at the announce desk, a police officer comes up, hands Tony Schiavone a telegram, because it is 1997. Telegram still existed. Um, it's a He gets a mic to, so he can speak to the crowd. It's from the executive committee of WCW, and it has been decided that Hogan must defend the title at Super Brawl, and it's also been decided that Roddy Piper be the one to get that shot. Um Lazy way to get there, I guess you could say, but ultimately, I think you know, at the time and even looking back, a a title shot with Piper, especially after the win, that's something we can look forward to. I might be wrong, but if if I am, that's okay. This may be the time. Piper is filming a movie, mm-hmm. and he ends up filming some vignettes from like an Alcatraz-looking prison in the next coming weeks. And if it's not, then it's another time or another feud, but it happens in WCW. And if I'm not mistaken, it might be coming up soon. And it's that right here. So I think mm. he's away doing movies. So it's like, well, yeah, it's a lazy way of getting there. They had to do the telegram thing because right. Bischoff's not going to say it. Right. And if Piper can't come in, do a contract, have a confrontation, I guess probably that's the reason that they were doing this. But I know that's why he went away as he was doing movies. Yeah. Makes sense. He was kind of the the rock of that time. I wonder if it was the zombie, the really bad zombie movie that there were other wrestlers in. I wonder if that's the movie he was doing because that was like almost. I think that was in a prison. Or so, was a it prison. Hell comes to Frog Town. What's that? Oh Jesus Christ! Okay. <clears throat> and onwards, uh, we get Hugh Morris versus Benoit. Uh, I fucking don't remember this at all. Uh, a fan comes out and starts a confrontation with woman in the commotion. Sullivan hits Benoit with the chair and Morris gets the win. Um, fucking Jacqueline. Yeah, I, it was awesome. But at first she didn't say her name. 
She yeah. kept playing. You don't need to know my name. Yeah. Just know that me and Kevin, we go back. And I was like, what? What is going on here? Yeah. And I, like you said, I, I didn't remember this. And I even I go, holy shit. Is this the first time Jackie has ever been on TV? And I go, oh, my God, it, it is. It might be, yeah. I'd never seen her before that. I knew she was in WCW before yeah. WWF as well as TNA and all that. But I had to do the I double take. That I had to do a double take. Yeah, because I was like, yeah. oh, wait. I'm like, that's what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kevin. Hey, man, she brought fire for the first promo. For a first time being out there, she was delivering better promos than Deborah. Oh, God. And I'm well, not that's... saying her as a gold standard bar. I'm just saying that she came in and looked like a real threat is what I'm saying, especially to woman, someone who looks like she's merciless. You have someone that comes in like Jackie. I think she was presented very well on Nitro. Oh, absolutely. My favorite part was she she's running down woman and Deborah, and she says, and Deborah has legs like a chicken. Jean goes, a chicken? Yeah. Uh, it was just too goddamn funny. Uh, we get an ad for the power plant. Haven't seen one of those in a while. Uh, we get That's our main... Up. I'm sure you did. How'd that work out for you? I'm going next week. They actually want me to okay. just uh, pay them. <laughs> uh, we get Hogan. I have versus... to make it out to a D.K. <laughs> McMahon. I... Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. That or it's Cody's. It's be in their developmental system. It's called... 6.0. I'll be I'll be debuting in a couple of weeks, and then I'll be let go the week after. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. So we get our world title match. I said this is getting old. Um, which is weird considering you just announced Hogan versus Piper. So why are we doing this? Are you really gonna make us believe that it's gonna be Giant versus Piper? I hate exactly. when they do that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and it's a schmaz. It's so that's really getting old. Uh, Giant cleans house. Luger's in the ring with a nitro shirt on, and they, Luger and Giant stand next to each other, uh, facing down the outsiders, and that's how we go off. Uh, I, I'm getting really tired of this whole thing with Hogan and the Giant, especially because they're all schmoz endings. Um, I did like the well, Luger. Well, just insert anybody else other than Giant, and welcome to pretty much the rest of 1997, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. This is why I had no problem tuning into raw and just catching a little bit of nitro because you're like i don't know that guy and i know that guy so that guy is gonna win but if it's benoit versus what was it john powers whatever ron you know powers, what i mean it, whatever, powers, yeah. exactly my point if i look i go don't know him yeah benoit's got the win you don't care so meh show but WWF, how'd they follow up? Yeah, they, they had some interesting stuff on there. Uh, so we get a recap of how we got to the Fatal 4-Way that's going to be happening to see who gets the title shot. Uh, we get Ahmed Johnson versus Crush to open it up. Uh, they show a recap of an MSG show where Savio Vega turned on Ahmed Johnson uh, during their match. Um, so yeah, Farouk ultimately interferes, uh, hits, uh, runs Ahmed into the stairs. Uh, and then Crush gets the win with the heart punch? I don't remember that yep. finisher. The yeah, that's punch. Crush's finisher for pretty much the entire time he's in the nation, <laughs> I think. Well, pretty much his entire time in WWF until he goes over to WCW and, I think, joins Chronic. Mm, there you go. Uh, but <clears> so, uh, it is funny. You know, it back in the day, you know, people are like, why would, like, or right now, if you saw a live show coming through, you're like, yeah, I'm not wasting my money on that because... No title changes, nothing, right? But 
We didn't have a whole lot of TV exposure back then. So when you saw this past weekend, this is what happened at MSG. You had something as big as that. That drew you in to buy live tickets. I oh, will say yeah. that was it was smart how they used to do that. And even Diesel and Shawn Michaels won the titles, uh, the tag titles in '94 at a house show. It was it, from the Head Shrinkers. It was not on TV. They just did it at a house show for no reason. Probably Shawn came in all pilled up. He's like, "I want the titles right now." Anyway. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to it here. All right, so we've got uh, Heartbreak Kid comes out in the ring with Vince, uh, and Vince announces that on a Thursday edition of Raw, February 13th, 97, uh, it's going to be Shawn Michaels versus Sid again for the title. Uh, So he's basically just cutting a promo on Sid, and he starts talking about the possible opponents he could face as a result of the four-way. Then Vince calls Brett to the ring. Uh, HBK goes for a handshake. Brett just kind of shrugs him off. <clears throat> basically Hart's promo was I want you to retain I want you to stay healthy I don't want any excuses I want to take that title from you and you can even say I'm going to be in your corner until the match to make sure that that happens good promo I liked it simple not long winded gets the point across he did mess up one thing he goes he when you face Sid at Wrestlemania he didn't say at Final hmm. Four um, I didn't catch that and he goes, and then I want to fight you at WrestleMania or something like that. And then because he messed up, Vince steps in. And he goes, and you know he has to fight Sid first. He had to say yes, that, like I bring did, it back on track. Yep, he had a, he had a small little mess up, and Vince had to reiterate it just so people knew that it's Thursday Raw Thursday that he has to fight that because they needed those ratings on Thursday. You had to make sure that they were coming over for that. Hmm, there you go. Good catch by Vince. He's you do know what setup. happens on Thursday Raw Thursday, right? No, I don't. Okay, cool. That's it. Nope. Let's move okay. on. All right. Multiple uh, things, actually. <clears throat> Thursday Raw Thursday is a really good show. I will say that right now. Right. I remember watching it live, and I it, it's good. You'll you'll enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to get there. Uh, yep. Yeah, so after that, Vince introduces Undertaker. He comes to the ring, uh, says, you know, you have my respect, but I'm sick of the sob story. Uh, next, we get Stone Cold uh, with Jim Ross following him, following him out with a microphone in hand. Austin stays in the aisle, says, I recognize an ambush when I see one. Uh, he says, you're all just a bunch of crybabies and little boy blue. Bring in the fire. Bring in the fire. Stone. But while he's talking, you can see a giant guy standing right at the raw sign, but only yep. a silhouette. They didn't even invite Vader out, and he's just standing there behind him. I know. Well, <laughs> they made poor Leon sit in the corner. Aw, <laughs> oh, man. Him and Baby are the same. Yep. Never put much. Baby in the corner. I know. All right. So Never yeah. put Leon in the corner. Never put Leon in the corner. All right. So next we get Bulldog uh, against Doug Furness. Uh, they're really beating this one to the ground. Uh, they already had oh. a match last week, and they have a match coming up at In Your House. Uh, they show Ahmed backstage looking for the Nation of Domination, kicks down their door. Obviously, it was a gimmick door. Still a cool visual, though. Uh, yeah, Owen tries to uh, get a distraction going. Uh, so Lafon actually gets up on the apron, too. He distracts the ref. Owen tries to use the trophy uh, on Furnace, but he actually hits Bulldog instead. Bulldog's still able to roll up Furnace for the win, though. Uh, nice little spot there. Uh, they basically just argue for the entire post-match and uh, eventually shake hands, but Bulldog still looks pissed off. So there's that. 
We get a recap of MS, the MSG show, uh, a couple things from that. We also get a recap of Shotgun Saturday Night that was at Webster Hall, which is apparently like a nightclub with strippers kind of thing because they were showing a lot of strippers uh, in this part. That uh, was edgier than the entire sold-out pay-per-view. It, it certainly was. It certainly was. If you're going to do it, just do it, right? Uh, they have a quick interview with Savio who says, oh, no, no, I'm not with the nation. I just That's just that Puerto Rican attitude that came through. Uh, and then he beats up Rocky Maivia after their match and calls in the Nation of Domination and is in the Nation of Domination. So there you go. Fooled um, you. Yep, there you go. Fooled you. Not really. Uh, the main event was kind of a weird thing. It was Mankind and Vader, uh, both being represented by Bear, uh, Paul Bearer, not a bear, uh, against the Godwins. <laughs> Uh, we we get a we get a, a quick little update. Nice on cuddly the... panda bear was in their corner. <laughs> They're trying to make Leon and Mick face at this point. Yeah, right. Uh, we get the signing of Tiger Ali mm-hmm. at a presser in Toronto, um, and Brett is the one that's a part of it. Right? Yes, yep. he's there. He, yep, he's yeah. there in Toronto. Yep for the for the conference. Um, mankind goes to hit. Henry Godwin, he ducks, he hits Vader instead. The Godwins win by countout, and Mankind looks like he's happy that he did it. And then the way we go off the air is Ahmed finally finds the two Stooges from the nation, uh, the ones that rap. Uh, They look like they're getting in their rental, and uh, he throws one in the trunk while the other one drives away. And that's how we go off the air. I got one in the trunk and one in the hole. Yeah, it wasn't kind of both shows were other than the opener with uh, the final four combatants and Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. I think everything else was kind of meh for the night. I was I'm tired of seeing the same Owen and Bulldog versus Lafon and Furnace. I did like the the Brett and Shawn confrontation. Brett saying, mm-hmm. uh, "And I don't want you to be injured." Yeah. Before you get there. And it's so fucking funny that, Bre- that Sean doesn't make it there. You know what I mean? It's just really, it's it's almost like when Sean heard it, he's like, shit, maybe I should drop this title. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, so we'll be back, of course, with next week's Monday Night Roar- Wars. Next week, we also have our top topic. This was, this is a, a real fun conversation and debate it is the top and worst moments of the last 30 years so from 92 to 2021 some fun things that we'll be able to talk about of course we have other topics coming up down the road like we said we have entrances masks uh finishers submission specials whole lot of good stuff but before we leave you this week it's time to not only talk Good wrestling, but we also talk good flicks. You inspired me last week, ODM. I told you that off the air. I thought that we were just going to shoot the shit about movies, you know, just be like, oh, yeah, no, that's a good scene. That's kind of fun. Yeah. You know, because th- that's kind of what we did when it came to quotes uh, for season three, you know, having fun with stuff. But the way you broke down and talked about logic and reasoning in scenes and how 
something's filmed, things like that. It really made me excited about now what we're going to do from here on out for the rest of the season with uh, kind of our every other week. You know, when you get Nightwing's good shit, you're also going to get our movie of the week. So our movie of the week this week is something that I'm way more familiar with than you are. Um, and by more than you are, I don't think you've seen this. So, uh, this one is called the butterfly effect. Have you seen, have you seen this? I have not. I'm familiar with the plot. Uh, I don't know the specifics, okay. but I, I, I definitely understand the plot. And if I'm not mistaken, it's a remake of a older movie. It is. Yep. <clears throat> this is, if you have not seen this, it is with Ashton Kutcher and Amy Smart. <laughs> Already sounds like a fucking all-star cast following Godfather. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> you got yeah. De Niro Pacino. The thing is, I, like, I I am not a big Ashton Kutcher fan, so. Fair. Because he's always been that doofy guy from that 70s show or the goofy guy on that took over for Charlie Sheen and Two and a Half Men or took over for Bruce Willis with Demi Moore. But he also produced a very... I think a good uh, representation of someone who has some mental things going on, but he, I think he did a good job in a drama. And, and I don't mean mental as in um, anything's necessarily like, well, I would say a little wrong. So the premise of the movie is that you got this guy, Ashton Kutcher. I want to say his name is Josh. I'm like 88% sure on that one. He is... <laughs> It doesn't matter. Gross enough. <laughs> His name is Jeff. Jeff. His name Jeff. is Jeff. There we go. <laughs> so Jeff, um, you see him, he's in he's in uh, college, everything's awesome, and he says to his his uh, roommate, who is also the big guy that's uh, looking at the schooner or the sailboat. He's in uh, Clerks oh, no and shit. all those movies. Yeah. Uh, he's his roommate in this. And in that movie... Or in Butterfly Effect, he goes, hey, man, he goes, 10-year anniversary. I haven't had any visions or anything like that. So in, you're like, okay, that seems kind of weird or whatever, but let's move on. And he's also studying parts uh, or kind of like I think he's, his college degree is about studying the brain and why things work in a certain way. We're leading the things, right? Meets a girl at the bar. They go home. They're starting to play the old over-the-pants hand job game, and and she sees a composition notebook of his, and she goes, what's this? And he goes, whoa, hey. I'm like, first of all, why the fuck would you just open anybody's random book when you just yeah, go for real. and bang him? That's kind of shit that's is odd. That? Nosy bitch. Anyway, so it's a journal of his, but as he starts reading it, things start shaking, and all of a sudden it puts him way back into his youth, and he sees something happening. And, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna explain any of the scenes or anything other than really that. But what happens is if he approaches that part, it doesn't even just put him back there. He's physically there. He could feel himself there. He even burns himself with a cigarette to see if it hurts, and, and it happens. And but he has the ability to alter things from the past. His friend Amy Smart, who or the, his friend who play is played by Amy Smart, grew up in a shitty way. And he's thinking if he can help her in certain ways with the problems she has with her stepfather, things like that. Maybe she grew up better than she did down the road. Turns out, you know, for every 
you know, kind of the, the words for every reaction, there's a reaction. Or for, you know, every decision you make, it's a snowball effect of things that will always come down the road. And that is why I like this movie, because it's life. For every decision that you make, it could make a completely different path for your life in many different ways. And he's thinking he can make those changes. Is it good the way it is? Sometimes is it not? Um, it's a very, I just think it's kind of one of those things. If you could go back in time and change something in any part of your life, if you knew, and I'm asking you this, ODM, if you knew that you could go back to, man, at 18, that was a real fucked up thing, and I could have saved that one fucking kid, and you had the ability to go back and save that one kid. But what if that kid now, because you saved him, he turns out to, I don't know, become this or that. He's the president, but your life becomes shit because now you're the fighter in school, and now you're always fighting. Right now it's things that change. It's the path that you take. and I think it's a very... I, I, it's just a good thinker of a movie. It's not like I got it. It's not a, an Oscar award-winning movie. I think it's just a thinking kind of movie, and it makes you kind of just wonder about life and the decisions you make. So, like I said, once you kind of broke down Godfather last week, it made me think about how uh, in depth certain things can can go with well the, the cinema world. So I wanted to dive into this one because I also just recently watched it, and I was like, God damn, I really do like that. And I can get you're not a fan of Ashton Kutcher. Stop looking at him as Ashton Kutcher for a minute and as the guy in the, in the movie. And Jeff. I think it's good. That's just me personally. That's kind of how you have to do it sometimes. you got to take out the, the person. Oh, absolutely. I mean? like, and I don't, yeah, I don't dislike him You've seen him Blow, much. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't see uh, what's her name in the movie. Uh, Penelope Cruz and not be like, mm. you fucking bitch. You screwed Johnny Depp over in that movie. Oh, my God. He would see his daughter if it wasn't for you. George Young would be not in fucking jail because of you, you bitch. Right, Every but that's the character, now, yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely, right? Yeah, yeah. but that's the You're character. To the but character, it left that but... much of an impression. So ah, if Ashton Kutcher is that doofy bastard, it's going to leave you that impression when you go to see him in a drama movie. Sure. Try to get past it and you'll be okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, <laughs> So yeah. that's this week's movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my my thing with it is I'm definitely interested in the whole theory because the idea, it's called the butterfly effect because the idea is, is there's a hypothesis that if you went back in time and you killed a butterfly that it would completely alter all of history uh just that one Mm -hmm. the tiniest event will just change everything so yeah i I definitely interested in the concept and i was really hoping i'd have the time to to watch it before uh the show but uh definitely definitely uh over the next couple weeks i want to put that on my list because i definitely want to check it out and uh yeah so like i said just it it, (laughs) makes you think of all the shit you could have done or the things that you did do and you're like oh that's why i'm here that's why i don't play for the buffalo bills because if i was there i would have fucking tackled someone ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening to the top of wrestling podcast next week it'll be wednesday again and you know what that'll mean we're back and next week we are back as i said with our top and worst 30 moments of or i'm sorry top and worst moment of the last 30 years. Wow, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. 30 moments for the last 30 years. You'd be like, hey, man, it's all you next week. Good luck. <laughs> I'm going to check out early. I'll, I'll phone in on the uh, the wars. Let me know when you're doing that part. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We will be back next week. I am the professor. I bid you a farewell. No, I don't. I don't. Guys, share this podcast. Share this week, and you are entered for our giveaway. 
Now, I bid you a farewell, and as always, because it's season four, ODM is going to leave you with just four words. Eat a dick, Mahomes. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Does it not feel like a fucking family member died? I feel like that emptiness. Like someone died. That's how I feel today. Not like there was a real death, but like at the same somberness of, as if someone had died. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. shitty. It's for well, goddamn sure. I'm going to go say a prayer. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was the third. You had Louis Anderson. You had Meatloaf in the Buffalo Bills uh, season. That's, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go with it. <laughs>